What's happening, people, and welcome back to the Tiki Taka podcast. We're going to hear hot takes, unbiased opinions, and hopefully have a couple laughs on the way. Um, and we've reached episode 10, Michael. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's yeah, crazy. 10 weeks in a row, um, consistency. Um, and yeah, I'm here 10 for episodes it. in, we're here. I'm here for still, it. Still delivering content. And um, I don't know if you've seen the Beckham doc. Um, but there's there was one thing I wanted because I know you're a big Florentino Perez fan. Of course. Um, there's one bit in it after Real Madrid have signed Florentino Perez goes Beckham was born to play for Madrid. <laughs> and then they go and sign him, and um, they do an interview with Luis Figo, who was at Madrid at the time, obviously mm. playing on the right, and obviously the only place that Beckham was really gonna ever play. played was on the right. Yeah, so yeah. they asked Luis Figo in the doc, "What what was your thoughts when yeah. when they signed David Beckham?" And Luis Figo goes. Um, at that time, Beckham was not what the team needs. <laughs> and um, the the interviewer asks him, so why do you think Florentino Perez signed him? And Figo goes, you'll have to ask him. Yeah. And then the, the next, literally the next scene just cuts to Florentino Perez. They ask him and Perez just goes, we tripled our revenue. It, hey, and that's what it is, man. <laughs> that, that was as simple as it was. He plays 4D chess. Yeah. We, we could get Beckham and as soon as they signed Beckham, revenue went up three times. <laughs> um he plays 4D chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legit. Come on, boys. Uh, but yeah, anyone, anyone interested in whether David Beckham or even just football in general, I definitely recommend the doc. Um, there were similarities to the last, obviously the last dance is the greatest sporting documentary ever, oh, yeah. I think. But there were, there were definitely similarities between the two. Um, last dance is so good. Yeah, it is. It is. Last so, dance is just. It's so good. I can watch that. So when people tell me they haven't seen it, I'm like, what? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, it's a religious how... experience, actually, man. Because yeah, one of my um, one of my mates he hates basketball. Like whenever we even like suggest playing basketball or whatever, he's always like, no, 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 let's not. not for something it. else. Is it? Else. Um, and he asked me. He was like, because he hadn't watched it for so long. He was like, do you have to like basketball? To watch it and i was like mm. no i'm not at all you just have to like, like winners it's, yeah it's just the way the story's told the clips yeah. from when he was at college and all of that stuff and he watched it and he loved it and for it so yeah th- even if you don't like basketball the last dances i thought i thought you was going to use this uh the beckham story as a segue for jude i was but then you brought up the last dance oh is it <laughs> <laughs> you, you ruined my segue i was gonna my go man. From, <laughs> speaking about galacticos <laughs> there was man. a classic courtesy, but that's calm i thought he was gonna say is there another player who you think is born to play for madrid <laughs> I was I was kind of teeing that up, but I mean, we'll show the last dance they respect it. Deserves. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We should and probably that, do top ten sports dogs. Yeah, we can do, we can do actually. And I, but I think um, and my cousin was telling me this and kind of explaining why I think the bronze one will be better. Than of, the course, last dance, of course, of course. More story, more cameras at the time, more footage. Um, yeah, do you remember we watched that game when ESPN went to his high school? <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, like the, come on. The, the pressure on that guy. But yeah, like you say. We were talking about Beckham. We were talking about the Galacticos. And this weekend was El Clasico. And Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. In the new camp, I was, I'd literally just come out of um, the stadium and was on the concourse. And I saw the messages from you saying Bellingham yeah. scored a brace, 92nd minute winner. And I, my honest reaction was just, what the fuck? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, have you seen both goals? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The first one. It's, just, it's, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's so rid- I literally put in to one of my group chats, I was like, is he like the best player in the world right now? You know, based off form, based off everything that's going on. I think, man, it's as you say, these guys, these kind of guys who are like born to play for football institutions who come to a club like Madrid. Not that he's taking Madrid to another level, but it's just how quickly he's settled yeah. in. Yeah. It's just how quickly he's good at things. Scoring match winners in the classic on your, you know. 
the first time out. It's not yeah. like everybody does that. Yeah. Even Gundogan got a goal in his first El Clasico and it's like, <laughs> yeah. it means yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, this is a treble winner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gundo yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think, well, yeah, what Jude is up to in the Madrid team and even what Ancelotti's cooking with that team. Like, I was watching the game trying to figure out the system. Yeah. There's like, you've got Camavinga in there, you've got Cruz, Tremeni, Modric, Valverde, yeah. you know, Bellingham. Bellingham yeah. Three, and yeah. then Jose coming on. Carvajal <laughs> is still a mainstay. It's like they play three, I don't even know if it's three or two centre backs. It's like Alaba and Rudiger hold it down. Yeah. And then Camavinga will invert and Carvajal will push up. When, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember you telling me about the system they're playing when we had the conversation about Drew Bellingham before and how Bellingham's kind of playing as like a 10, kind of almost as a second striker. Kind yeah. Of, but. You you spoke about Carlo and what Carlo was doing and how you had to give him praise. And I was trying to explain to my brother, because I told him about the old classical Bellingham scoring twice. Um, because he was like, Where's where's Bellingham playing? And I was trying to explain to him like how Carlo's got Camavinga true. Yeah, it's a crazy diamond. And and I was like, they all just kind of move and then my brother was trying to find out where's the whip, who's playing on the wing. And I was like, they'll rotate. Fede might go out there. Cruz, and my brother was like, Cruz can't play out there. Yeah. And I was like, but he's literally there for a pass and then they'll move again. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it, to score twice in El Clasico, first El Clasico in the new camp. And then exactly. What, to come from one 90-second minute winner as well. Like It's like he's made for the big moments. Yeah, yeah, f- fully, fully. Yeah, to be doing that at his age... Um, I, I I just wonder what those other Real Madrid players who have won Champions League, exactly. league titles, guys like Vinny, yeah. um, Cruz, Modric, like I just wonder what they think of this guy when they when they see he's just come in his first season, he's twenty years old. What yeah, what exactly. No, I completely agree with you. I think do you think Cruz and Modric think like he's better than I was when I was twenty? You know. Or do they like? I is think that Modric does? Yeah, is that something they yeah. would admit? You know, I don't think Cruz would admit it. Yeah, Cruz. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if Cruz will admit it. Yeah, but it's kind I, of incredible. I, I think Modric would, and and I think it's fair. Like, and and that's not to say Bellingham's going to do what Modric has done. Or, yeah, yeah. It's just, just at that age, what Bellingham's doing is outrageous. It's outrageous. I don't even know if Modric was at Tottenham then. <laughs> I don't think he was at Tottenham. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, it's just, it's crazy, crazy to see. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, literally, we can sit here every week and just be like, eulogize over him. It is, yeah, it is yeah. literally that crazy. I mean, sometimes you feel like you've seen it all in football. Like, I've seen big, you know, Ronaldo, I've seen him go for 100 M mm. and perform straight away, da, 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 da. But it still just kind of looks different. Yeah. You know, yeah, every time yeah. you see it like this, you're like, well, this is actually pretty different. You know, <laughs> yeah, we, they yeah, thought yeah. they were going to box them up midfield. It's like, now they, they might have the best 10 in football. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, I saw something Gareth Bale was on um, like a like a TV show the other day and they asked mm. him about, obviously, Bellingham's gone to Real Madrid now. What's the one piece of advice you would give him? And Gareth Bale said the one piece of advice he would give Drew Bellingham is to play the game off the pitch to play the Real Madrid game off the pitch. Is it? And he was like, do do the press conferences, do the interviews, learn to speak Spanish, mm. um, do do all of that, like engage with the fans. That's interesting. Because he said he didn't do any of that. For him, he just wanted to play football, yeah. and go home, and that was it. Play, yeah. play, play golf or do whatever. Right? Yeah. And maybe that was to his detriment, detriment. Or his, and his relationship with the fans and whatever. So he said that was the one piece of advice. He was like, he'll do whatever he needs to do on the football pitch. Like he's got the talent, he's got the quality. Mm. But, but he said, play the, play the politics game off the pitch <clears throat> was the one piece of advice, which I thought was quite interesting. That is quite interesting. Yeah. And I think, to be fair, why it could have been to Bill's detriment is because 
as soon as like Bale was injured a lot, as soon as you're not on the pitch and not playing the football that you know we know you can play, yeah, the fans can turn on you so quickly because yeah. you're like you feel like a stranger or an outsider or this or that. You know, Carvajal forever as many poor performances he puts in. He's, he's Danny Carvajal. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's dapper. So. Um, but yeah, moving Shout on um, to to the weekend's fixtures um, and the first fixture Friday night. Um, Palace v Tottenham. Mm. Tottenham winning two one, and I gotta say, man, it, like in years gone by, that's yeah, a it would have been a tricky game. Friday yeah. night at Selhurst, Tottenham yeah, going there. Obviously, I mean, I don't even want to talk about what Palace are without Eze <laughs> and Elise. Like, but no Eze, no quality. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Elise as well. Yeah. Elise brings that. But yeah, not like without them, both of them, it's just it's yeah. just so bad. Yeah, hundred. But regardless. Tottenham, to get the job Tottenham done. still got to go there. In previously yeah. years, like I'm saying, that might have been a place they slipped up. Mm. Or, yeah, no one wants to go to Selhurst on a Friday night game. What was it say? Yeah. Wet and rainy. Exactly. Down in Selhurst. Um, pause. And yeah, they, they got it done, man. Uh, own goal for the first one and then a nice move and Son finishes. Um, and yeah, they're, they're playing well. No, they are, man. It's, yeah, you can't bash Tottenham at this moment. They're, they're, they're doing, they're getting the job done, which is actually all you can ask from them, man. Like everybody is waiting for them to slip up, draw, yep. lose a game. We're all like dying at the bit um, for that moment, but they keep delaying it. They keep delaying it. And every week they delay. It, you think, oh man, maybe they are building something. Like I'm seeing Van der Ven. Like, oh, yeah, Van der Ven. I think we need to. We should speak on his performance. He's looking like a nice piece. Yeah, I didn't put him on my list. <laughs> I had him up there in my list. And you were saying that's way too high. No, but, I had him. Whoa, well, look, it's early days. It's, it's early, early days. days. As you said, no essay, no Elise. That was a big performance. It was a big performance, man. He he's doing a he's doing a job back there, man. His pace is crazy. Yeah. Sweeping up. Yeah. yeah. He makes really good tackles. He's like yeah. his timing of his tackles is great. Um I definitely think the way Tottenham play it's it, yeah, not only that, because obviously they try and keep the ball, but it's it's coming where he's gonna get exposed and he's not gonna cope. And but he's a young defender first season in the league. I expect How old that is he? Because yeah, he's like what, 22, 20, 20? Yeah, something like that. Is yeah, it? he's pretty young. But there was, uh, there was one point so I remember so vividly where Palace actually had a nice bit of play on the counter and it came to Will Hughes, mm. who might be the slowest guy in, in the, the world. Any sort of half-decent pace and they're gone. Any 10 Ben won't catch them. Yeah. And that, that's going to happen the way Tottenham play. But as it's been so far, he's been solid, man. If that's Eric Dyer in there. Yeah, exactly. There's a mistake. That's any of Damien Sanchez. Like, yeah. Tottenham, Tottenham aren't defending as well as they did no i think they just they just have a good record like for whatever you want to say about tottenham and the teams they've played or whatever they've done when you look at um where they are obviously top of the table but where they are in terms of goals for goals against all of those other kind of stats that they deserve to be up and amongst it with everybody else they're doing what needs to be done to stay at the top yeah you know fair play to them fair play to Ange. Mm. the now obviously we're going to get on to chelsea but i think the chelsea one next week yeah yeah is a real big. big um, the Pochettino derby, all of this 10 games unbeaten, Apostacoglu's army, if they lose at home to Chelsea, I know how badly Tottenham fans want to win that yeah, game. Yeah. It's yeah. almost as badly as they want to beat Arsenal because, right? because of the Pochettino thing. <laughs> because he, he went to Chelsea, they didn't like it. Even the ones that were like, I could, he, like they yeah. didn't ask him to come back. The way Pochettino's spoken, some of the things he said. I'm about, in the big club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's turned a lot of Tottenham fans <laughs> against him. So if he goes to their place and wins, that'd be a real kick in the I mean, for any manager fans. that takes your club to a Champions League final and then goes to Chelsea. Yeah. Come on. There's always a knife. There's always a needle. Yeah. Um, and then obviously Chelsea are coming off this performance where they 
need something. They can't lose that game. Yeah, yeah. they can't lose that game. So Move, moving on to Chelsea, because um, I think that's a that's a perfect segue to to get started mm. on them. They were the lunchtime kickoff West London derby, um, and I I thought in the first half Chelsea played pretty well. Um, Cole Palmer, well. Cole Palmer had another good performance. I did good forty five. Um, I, I well, before we I I thought that Poch made a mistake with the lineup. Like yeah, well, I, what what mistake? I would have played Gusto, yes, or or I don't know if how fit Reese James is, but the whole Desassi right back. No, forget Reese James. I would have played Gusto. Like the whole the whole asking Desassi to to like not be the width, but kind yeah. of be the width <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that side. I, I I think I think Poch did it because he knows Brentford are good in the air, the long throws. Every I think he wanted to get a bit of extra height in there. But I agree with you. I think at home you just got to get Gusto in there, man. Like. You just had your best performance of the season yeah. against um, Arsenal, and obviously, and I, I get that you might want to get a striker in there this time because maybe you're going to try and have more of the ball. But Jackson was shocking. Yeah, he was. Like match, he was. Of the, match of the day, did this thing on him just wasn't even making runs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Gusto should have played because that would have. But in the first half, man, yeah, I, and it's where, it's where I have a bit of sympathy with Potts because I know they've lost. I know Chelsea fans are angry. They were saying we, we can't lower our standards and say this is acceptable, but they've had, they've got chances to be three 0 up in that first game. Madueke hits the bar. Sterling has a good chance. Cole Palmer puts Cucurella in. Yeah, they, they, they have chances in that first half to to almost I wouldn't say take the game away from Brentford, but Brentford were putting the first half score. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as soon as, as soon as Brentford went one 0 yeah, Chelsea were never coming back. I, I, I knew the game was Chelsea were never coming back into that game. I, I knew they messed up against Man United, and we said that was unlike them. Yeah, but, yeah. But I knew if they go one 0 up, Ethan. Yeah, 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 and Wemo. Yeah. <laughs> but what I will say about Chelsea in the first half is, yes, they were the better team. Brentford were poor. Chelsea were good. But when it was nil nil at half time, and I can't remember when that chance was, whether it was just before half-time or just after half-time where, like, Sanchez makes a decent save or the ball was struck straight at him. I think it was Jensen. It was, like, the one other chance that Brentford had yeah, in yeah. the game other than the goals that they I scored. I think that was at the beginning of the second half. It was, it was the beginning yeah. of the second. So, they came in 0-0 and I was thinking, Chelsea played well, but they haven't scored. Mm. And, like, um, I think Brentford are going to be more compact and tougher to beat <laughs> yeah. in the second half just because they couldn't play that badly. And then that chance came and I was like, oh, yeah, there is... 1000% something in this game for Brentford. Yeah, yeah. Um just because they know Frank Thomas Frank knows the team knows that we can't let those chances go. Yeah. And Chelsea just seemed to be like, yeah, we'll have three or four of those chances and just yeah. The you know what if finally we'll end up in the back of the net. Nah, you've got to take that chance now. Yeah. Because the longer the game is what the game goes on, the more Brentford have confidence. And um that's a stark difference I think between our fixture and obviously we'll come on to us later as well but it's like when you score early or you score in the first half the pressure that you take off yourself yeah. and the pressure that you put on the other team as well yeah when it starts creeping into the 60th minutes and um the team haven't scored yet they think man our game plan has worked yeah. like we're in yeah. the game and Their confidence uh, just grows exactly and, grows. and i was just thinking man this is a derby game as well west london derby game like there needs to be a little bit more from chelsea yeah. like shots on target yeah you're making a couple of nice chances and cutting people open but Batter the goal. Let the keeper know that this is like it's going to be a long day, and there just wasn't enough of that. I thought from yeah. Chelsea, but yeah. I do think Cole Palmer stood out. Yeah, and as you were saying, I think last week you could just tell he's from that Pep school, that Pep era. Some of his touches and and takes yeah. and turns in the half spaces and stuff. He's 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 just going to develop to be a better player. And shout out for him once again. Like more more minutes. You're yeah. just going to get yeah. better from that. 
I think um I think to bring it like full circle and kind of almost back to that Tottenham game um this on Monday night uh the Poch derby I th- I think Tottenham are going to do better in those big games. I know they've got that run coming up where everyone's like oh they got Man City, Newcastle, St James's, Man United. Yeah. But the way the way Pochettino wants to play, the way Chelsea are playing, we saw it against us. They got a draw with Liverpool, played well against Liverpool when they played Liverpool. I think they might do better in those big games. Mm-hmm. Um, you think it's the deep blocks that will? Yeah, because they they just don't have the the, yeah. the goal scorers to be able to take a chance when it comes to them. Um, whereas I think I think Poch will play in a very similar way when they play Tottenham to the way they played against yeah. us. Yeah. I don't think he'll play a striker. I think he'll play Gallagher and Cole Palmer. And and I think they could get joy there. I think if they could catch Sterling with Caicedo and Enzo mm. in midfield, um, and yeah, it could be it could be an interesting game. But Brentford have now won at yeah. Stamford Bridge three years in a row. Yeah, some of the stats on Chelsea, yeah, are crazy. Yeah. Some of the stats on like, yeah, just the just that whole fact that Brent, like Brentford might have won more games at Stamford Bridge than Enzo, and all of this kind. Like Enzo's yeah. been here since January of last year. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry, January of this year. Um. Like how how are Chelsea? I've um one of my friends is like a Chelsea season ticket holder, and he was like, we were having a discussion on Friday about it, <laughs> and he was like, yo, I've been to every Chelsea game in 2023, and we've won like twice at home, <laughs> and and like he like and like he said it with like we were all having drinks talking about football and FPL and stuff, and I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, damn, whoa. How can it? How can it? Every game. How can it seriously get that yeah. bad? How can it seriously get that bad to the point where, like, you I, know? I, I remember what Stamford Bridge used to be. Exactly. I mean, I mean, as much yes, of course, I remember what Stamford Bridge used to be. But even like, you know, some of the worst teams in the in in the Premier or some like Crystal Palace don't have that bad a home record, yeah. you yeah. know. And it's like <laughs> they, every now and again they pick up a winner. <laughs> Chelsea are not even picking up a winner at home every now and again. Like they're not even picking up. And it's the fact that they're losing a lot of these games. Yeah. They're not even like draws. Like they just buckle, they crumble, they fold, and they concede. The um the only team they've beat at home in the league this season is Luton. <laughs> That's the only team they beat at home. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's actually so it's so crazy to see Chelsea drop to this level. And and like I still can't fully tell you what the problem is because they spend a lot of money. They got a good manager. I think they've got decent players. Yeah. Obviously they don't have a striker, but that like. There isn't. There's only so many goals a striker can actually bring to a team yeah, and yeah. and to a club and to a system. So I, I still can't fully, fully, fully tell you why it's so. Like I understand why it's not amazing, yeah. but I can't tell you why it's so bad. Yeah, yeah. Why it's so bad? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's difficult to put your finger on that. But I wanted to ask you, and obviously we 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 will we are going to have a big big inquisition into Man United. Yeah, so of course. Out for that. But I wanted to ask you because it has been going around. Um, would you, do you would you rather be in Chelsea's position or as a fan or United's position? As a Chelsea fan or United? Um, fan, which... I'd probably say Chelsea fan. Yeah, because one United just seems to be like mass hysteria. And like media hysteria as well. Yeah. And like even when you win, you lose. Yeah. I was saying that with yeah. the like Onana has a big save midweek penalty, you know, da, 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 and then the, you have the gun natural situation immediately after that. Yeah, so it's yeah. like even when yeah. you win, even there should be times to celebrate. Yeah. And one of my big reasons is gripes against United is like your heroes are just unsustainable. 
Like your heroes are McTominay, Onana, Maguire, and these are the guys that you're desperately trying to get rid of, apart from Onana, sorry. A lot of these guys that are coming up to be your heroes are guys that you were trying to get rid of or you've been dogging out for the yeah. last however many years, and now he's the hero. <laughs> and, and what, you're going to go into the season? Like, Chelsea at least, yeah. Chelsea are not playing well, but they have a blank slate to create new heroes. Like, Cole Palmer can be a hero. Conor Gallagher can turn his um, yeah. whatever around. Um, and then, obviously, they have a ton of new signings. Cole's stocks can only rise. Yeah. Casado's yeah. stocks can only rise. Enzo's stocks can only rise. All of this kind of stuff where it's like, at least, you know, is it if he does rise, is a hero you can champion. Yeah, yeah. Even if McTominay's, you know, yeah. like how much, like... I, yeah. a Man United fans will, I don't think they'll ever get behind it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 I think they've, they've or, seen too or Maguire, much. Yeah. yeah. Especially the way they, because he wasn't actually too bad on the weekend. But yeah, we'll get, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, if I look at it, I would rather be in Chelsea's position because one, I, personally, I think they have a better manager. Well, yeah, um, agreed. And I think, I think Pochettino... We'll get it right, um, and I think they, they've got a collective group of young players there who some nice pieces. Examines exactly, in the rough, exactly some nice pieces. Like like we were saying, Gusto last week looked alright. Yeah, like yeah. A decent player. Obviously, if they can get Reece James fully fit and, and actually playing, she was the same big player again. Yeah, um, like he's talking about with Colwell, Caicedo, Enzo, Mudrick. Yeah, like it's 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 a group of players who Cole Palmer. If, if they can grow together and they can actually, I'm not saying they'll do anything big, but, mm. but I think they'll be in a better position. I then, mean, Man United looking at Amrabat, <laughs> but we'll get on to that. We'll no, but what, what, what I will say about Chelsea, though, um, as much as we're like saying they're better than United, it is crazy the talk after the 2-2 draw with Arsenal to then go and lose to Brentford the next week. Like Just yeah, after yeah. that Arsenal performance and results, Everybody was like, yeah, you yeah. know, it was poor from Chelsea to lose at the end, but green shoots, we're starting to see, yeah, yeah we're starting to see where we can go, we can do this, we can do that. Things are starting to look up, you know, there's a there's a team here, three wins and a bounce and a draw versus, you know, one of the best teams in the country. And then, like, you know, Brentford are a good team, a yeah. good, decent outfit, but they've been up and down this season. <laughs> and to, to, to just get turned over 2 nil at home to Brentford, like the, goal, oh, it's, it's... What, what did you make of uh, what Mopé did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like He's a villain. Man. He's a villain. He's do, you remember, a... do you remember a tie? Okay, <laughs> you're a disgrace. <laughs> but it's good to see it when it's not your team. You yeah, know, yeah, when Mopey's yeah. dogging on another team. The way team, he kicks the ball oh, with that free kick. I mean, come, of course. He knows he's going to get a yellow. And then for yeah. him to come on and get the assist. Yeah. He didn't even get the assist, you know. Is it? Match of the day looked at it, yeah. He almost fucks it up. Sanchez is the one who kicks it. <laughs> through Mopey's <laughs> legs to Embuevo. <laughs> so I don't even think he got the assist for it. So I think... Um, I just that, think that, that was comical, man. Yeah, that's... Sanchez that's... running back. I still don't even... I, I Like, I, I agree with Unai Emery when he said it that one time when we did it to Villa. Uh, yeah. at the, after the post-match and he was like um, you know how many times does a keeper go up to score how many times does he score how many times does the other team can like how many times do we concede as a team like if it's the last kick of the game it's nine you know four extra time you're yeah. in the 95th minute calm whatever but it it, it, it the loss feels so much worse <laughs> when you can see the goal like that in the final minute and it's 2-0 yeah. and now Brentford can say easy away there yeah. you know yeah like it just it looks pathetic as you well. relieve all the pressure and it's just, seeing your goalkeeper yeah. trying to chase back a striker from the halfway line <laughs> it looks pathetic yeah. it looks yeah. ian matson oh i got the craziest it's pathetic from him i got the crazy i saw ian matson on friday night oh sorry i saw him on saturday night the day after the game oh, i was Pog- gonna say friday night no i saw him in pogola you're, you're, you're out in him here I saw, but I saw, no saturday night i saw him on saturday night in pogola with um 
I was out for like a Halloween celebration and yeah, Maxim was there. Jermaine Defoe was there too. Who was Maxim with? He was just with a couple of his friends, I guess. Okay. I was thinking, damn. <laughs> but I get it. You're that London that, life. Hey, after that performance, from Burnley. your friends told you, oh, you just need to get out there, have a good time, man. Forget yeah. about today. Yeah. You only, you know, yeah. there's only one night. You only live for t- <laughs> But yeah, I just want to say, but shout out to Brentford, man. And shout out to Jensen and Norgard. Always. Because I feel like they're such instrumental. Yeah, I feel like they're such I thought you were going to shout out Pinnock. Ethan needs to get his love as well. 15 points? How can I ever, <laughs> how can I put that down? People don't know about Ethan Pinnock. Sturdy player, 90 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Week in, week out. Brentford, when they when it's time to decompact and lock it down, they can do it. Yep. Um, but yeah, shout out to, to, to Jensen and Norgar just because every time I see Brentford put out a decent result, they're like instrumental. Yeah. I think Norgard in, in particular. Yeah, exactly. Jensen's a good player, but I think Norgard, exactly. I think he might be the captain of the team now. He's instrumental. Um, definitely, definitely a good player. Very good number six. Yeah. Um, a, a guy that like, he put him in the Man United team and he, he would make things a lot better in that team. Immediately. Because he's he's a ball-playing number six. He'll take the ball, he'll link the play. And he doesn't shy away from his defensive responsibilities. Exactly, yeah. He can make the challenges, he can make the tackles. But yeah, man, I I, I fully agree with you. Before um before I knew the war chest that Arsenal had <laughs> and I thought we were shopping for discounts, I wanted Norgard. Norgard, yeah, yeah. Who was there? I yeah. remember. <laughs> I, I think we were watching something and I was like, yo, this is the guy we should sign. <laughs> yeah, I, remember. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know there was 105 million waiting to spend on the best DM in the world. I actually saw minute. something on that, but I guess we can talk about it in the Arsenal. But yeah, well, Arsenal's the next game. So, so I, I just saw that when I was, I was watching something on Twitter and like it was Arsenal talking about um, back when he had the club and it was the Usmanov Kroenke um, division. It was tough because he couldn't really spend the money because two people owned the club. Mm. And then like if Kroenke put a lot of money into the club, um, not in, in, in not so many words, he said like Usmanov will fill away because of price shares and all of this kind of stuff, and vice versa. Usmanov put a ton of money into the club, um, just because there's a split leadership, yeah, uh, you know. Um, and then as soon as Kronkies take a hundred percent ownership, all of a sudden we start spending yeah. hundreds of millions, yeah. and it's like I don't need any, I don't have any backlash, I don't answer to anybody else, yeah, I don't yeah. need to like double check with somebody if I'm going to spend hundred, you know, yeah, million. Yeah. And I have a hundred percent ownership now. I do what I want type of thing so i just thought i thought that was an interesting piece yeah definitely definitely at, at the time just because i never once thought of it like, i remember at the time we were asking for us enough to buy the club we realized yeah, he was richer yeah, than cronky yeah. we were like was yeah, buy, buy, buy him out yeah. you know blow him out the water because we thought the cronkies were just being yeah. being stingy but like i spoke to uh when i was actually in toronto i spoke to one of my cousins out there so obviously cronky owns a couple of other franchises obviously denver nuggets won the championship right in the summer and um I was talking to him about his ownership and I think Kroenke did that on purpose that not putting any money into the club, similar to what you're saying with Wenger. I think he had 49%, This even after Usmanov had left, yeah. but there was like 51% that was kind of owned by like Arsenal fans and kind of member, that members that were put on the board. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, I genuinely think that Kroenke just thought, yeah, you know what? I am not going to put a dime into this club. I'm going to buy them all out and then I'm just going to splash it all. Yeah. Because I think he obviously wanted 100% ownership, right? Mm. So I think he thought if he doesn't do anything, protests rise, everything yeah. happens, they have to sell. As soon as, like you say, as soon as he, I think the first summer that he had full ownership, we spent 72 on Pepe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it was, and, and since that point, <laughs> You can't really complain about the Cronkies and their money that they've spent. Like they've yeah. done, they've done, they backed Arteta big time. I think, um, yeah, I think that it's, those are just interesting, like business perspectives that we would never see as a, as a, as a fan, as, as like as um, minutiae as it can get in terms of uh, the world of sports. 
But like, if I guess if you were a billionaire business owner, that's probably good business. Yeah. You know, yeah. why the hell would I invest or we'll spend hundreds of millions into some 51%, 49%, yeah. 39%? And, and not reap all the rewards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're going to win a chip, I'm getting all that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a scumbag way to do it. 100%. That, that's why Stan Kroenke is who he is. Yeah, that's, bro. That's why There's he's billions so successful. That exactly. Yeah. Um, but on yeah. the game, away from the board, um, Arsenal had three Hairland starters in mm. the team. Mm. Hairland graduates, Smith Rosaka and Ketia. Um, and Eddie, man, we've, we, we've spoken highly of him on this podcast. We've always tried, kind of tried to defend him. Um, and I think we've been pretty fair with him. Uh, and you know, what? I don't, I didn't think he started the game well, and I was kind of sat there and even before the game, I was like, I saw some stat, like Eddie, now Eddie has started eight of the 10 Premier League games. Yeah, yeah. And before the game, I was thinking like, what's, what's going on to justify this? Cause I don't think Eddie's been that good this season. But fair play, man. I, I had nothing to say. And when when a player plays well, you, you got to praise it, and he did. Yeah, no, I think Eddie was. You know, obviously it's his day. Like this is, you know, the most love he he's probably got or received in a while from from fans and from the club and from everybody. But I don't know. I feel like Eddie is a very weird player because I hear the frustrations with Eddie, and I hear the frustrations in the performances as well. But I feel as if, um, I don't know, like, I see it sometimes as well. But I feel like Eddie always tries hard. I feel like he always, you know, tries to put a shift in. Some games are just, yeah, so, like, there's an Eddie performance that can really, like, grind your gears, you know. But because he's a Halen graduate, I always give him a little bit more grace. But I also do feel because he's a Halen graduate, he gives a lot more back mm-hmm. um, in terms of his work, or in terms of his in terms of trying to develop his game. Arteta clearly trusts him yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think there is a job that Eddie does that is also beyond um, just the goal scoring for Arteta, at least in Arteta's mind. Because that's the only reason, <laughs> that can be the only explanation yeah. as to yeah. why he starts so much. Um, I think um, you said a couple of weeks ago that you thought in training, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah. Like, I think in Eddie training, Ed, Eddie's just, I think, I think he's, in training, I reckon he's just like carrying sure. chances that Gabriel Jesus won't even get on target. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I reckon that. Eddie is such a gunslinger. I can training. see that. Put, smashing. That third goal, I reckon he's doing that in training. Bears. Bears. But that's Bears. so crazy. What Maybe not from, but the way he's striking the ball. Um, it's not his first time in there, you could tell. Yeah, and, and like, he, the one thing that Eddie, I know he had a period last year where, where he went without goals, but the one thing that Eddie has shown on the most part for his career he's is that he scores, he yeah. scores goals like, England, England under twenty one record goal scorer. He scored goals whenever his minutes to goal. Um, they showed on match of the day. He's actually pretty good at Arsenal. Yeah, I, and I'm not surprised about that at all. I think if he starts, he he, he typically gets involved mm. in in the score. And I think, I think I I think everybody's kind of said it already. Like I do think Eddie is kind of mischaracterized, and like we can't look at him to be this crazy like you know yeah, yeah. crazy guy. Yeah. Um, he is he's a hailing graduate that hasn't cost us a single thing yeah, yeah. and if he was trying to buy him in the market we'd probably have to spend a lot of you know 30 yeah. million on him maybe yeah and then the pressure of more that, than that you know you know uh, so like to, to have a striker like eddie skamaka um, didn't do eddie numbers exactly exactly that's what i'm saying like most other tim sherwood said he's he's an upgrade on rasmus hoyland yeah um but mo- most premier league clubs i think would take him yeah would like cost- like west ham would have him chelsea would have him um I think those are of of the top clubs. Man United would probably have him in there. I do think he suffers a little bit from the like um, insatiable desire for fans to just have a new shiny toy yeah. and like to yeah. always want more yeah. and, and like one percent better. Like 
for for what he's done as we've said we, we keep speaking about like but like to be a Haaland graduate to score a hat-trick for Arsenal football yeah, club yeah. in a Premier League game is nuts yeah. to go all the way through the academy the twists and turns that he must have gone yeah. through the like the, the eight like the amount of times his agent came to him and probably said there's an offer on the table for, well, he, was, from, he was almost going to leave in it and know. then and then Arteta kept him on um Gave it, gave him a fairly big contract, hundred grand a week. But yeah. and they, I remember at the time they asked Arteta about it, and was, and Arteta said, it "Was worth it." If we were going to let Eddie go, we'd have to buy a replacement. How much is that replacement going to cost us to get a player of Eddie's quality? Exactly. Like you, you said, thirty million, bro. Goal scorers <laughs> for the, in the Premier League, and and honestly, if Eddie went to any other club, he'd probably start thirty five out of thirty eight games yeah. if he was fit. He'd score at least fifteen goals, I reckon. Yeah. Right, which is, yo, you pay fifty million for that. Yeah. It, it, so I, I think you know he does suffer a little bit from that. Um, you know how wholesome his story is actually, and how like he isn't coming in from a big money transfer. And but shout out to Eddie, the goals were very well taken. Yeah. The yeah. goals were very, very well taken. And as as I was saying in the Chelsea game, when Eddie when Eddie put it in, in the first half, a, a huge sigh of relief of <laughs> yeah. like, ah, oh, okay, it we have great the le- first touch as well. Great first touch. Shout out to Declan Rice, goes and mm. assists. He's here. Yeah, yeah. But like, for real, Eddie puts it home and it's like, I, I had a massive sigh of relief of like, all right, now that the first one's gone in and yeah. Sheffield have something to come out for, it's, they should all start flying in. Yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah, I hate it. As you as you said just before we started recording of like, um, you want these easy, every, every once in a while, or pretty much every game week, you want, you want a 5-0. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you want like an easy, like, I don't want to be mad stressed watching You know, 10 minutes week. to go, there's one goal in it. <laughs> You know, somebody goes down on the box. Is it a penalty? Is it not a penalty? Yeah, yeah. Did Gabriel get his hand on it? You know, um, <laughs> like you don't want any of those questions. Uh, and when that when that first goal went in, I kind of thought Sheffield don't have the quality to put us put us <clears> in <throat> that kind of position. Unless we throw the game away, yeah. Sheffield don't have the quality to put us in that position. Yep. And we didn't even let them gain any confidence, which is always, 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 always yeah. a fun weekend. Because now we can laugh at Brentford. Sorry, we can laugh at Chelsea. Exactly. You know exactly. And um and I was actually having the conversation with my brother about whether or not Mbappe could score that third goal that Enketia scored. <laughs> I was saying I don't think I've ever seen Mbappe do that, but um that's a different conversation. They say two legends can't coexist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But um <clears throat> also on the Arsenal side, um another hair lane boy, Emil Smith Rowe got his yeah. first start back in the team. And um I, I thought he played well. Like he didn't he didn't really do anything too spectacular. Um Obviously, he'll shamelessly pick up the assist for Eddie's yeah, third goal. You have to be there. Um, but I've missed watching Smith Rowe play, man. There's, he does bring something different. There's, there's things that, like, it's his football intelligence and, like, almost similar to Havertz in the sense of, like, he'll make a run or he'll make a third man run that, like, even if he doesn't get the ball, it's created the perfect yeah, space for, for someone, someone else. else. Which <clears throat> is, I think, is underestimated. And a lot of time you might not see that. Um, mm. But... I think it's definitely he'll definitely there's definitely a space for him in this team. I think no, I, I, look, I, uh, yeah, hundred percent. He provides us something different, even though we have a lot of like tens in the team. Yeah. Vieira, mm-hmm. Havertz, Odegaard, whatever. I still feel like he provides something different to all three, four of those guys. Yeah, just in terms of when he gets when he has the ball at his feet and he's like driving. Yeah, in that yeah. like half space, he gets on the turn and he gets like. He's incredible. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like, he, it's brilliant he's ball. so tough to take down. Yeah. Like, he almost can do what he wants in terms of getting a shot off, getting a pass off. Yep. 
Um, I agree. Obviously, I thought the game was it was good. Just a good game. It was alright. <clears throat> Nothing special. He was winning his jewels as well. He was yeah. pressing. He's working hard. He should take confidence from the assist um, as well. Yeah, because that's sure. what minutes gives you. But I think all he needs, honestly, is minutes. I'd play him yeah. again versus West Ham. Yeah, yeah. You know, him again for sure. I'd, I'd play him again versus West Ham and just let him grow in confidence and feel like. I think his biggest uh, worry now is that he's not really. He doesn't. He probably doesn't really feel a part of the squad and the units in terms of like minutes and getting on the mm. pitch and doing providing goals and assists. And I just feel like these couple games versus West Ham. Yeah, I think he'll build that. He'll, he'll build, build that. And he'll sure. know that Arteta will call on me. There'll be times where Arteta's going to call on me and I, you know, have to provide. And I feel like it's easier to stay ready when you generally believe that your manager needs you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, and and on like kind of what he brings that's different to Vieira Havertz, Odegaard, there were three or four times where <clears throat> he made a great run. Mm. He was in the box. He was free. He was the spare man. Mm. And... I think there was one time maybe Saka could have found him or Eddie could have played a reverse pass and he's in. And we know from that season that he did have that off both feet, the guy can score goals, right? Finish, he yeah. got 10 in the Premier League season. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think of like those natural goal scoring number 10s, we mm. know the numbers Odegaard put up last year, but I think naturally to get into those positions, I think Emil Smith-Rowe can bring that. Yeah. Bring, I think, bring some goals to this I think team after well. I think after Odegaard, he probably is our most natural goal yeah. scoring 10. You know, um, and, and and also another player I think we should shout out is is Kivio. I, I was yeah, gonna say I thought we had this conversation. Maybe it wasn't on the podcast, but like when he came on at Sevilla, mm. we were saying like, damn, yeah, Kivio yeah. was a weird signing. Yeah. Like he he barely even gets like bump fluff minutes at the end of matches, and those are the only minutes he typically seems to get. Mm. So I was kind of shocked to see him start, but I was also presently surprised to see his performance. Yeah. And I think that's another one of those like he needs to feel involved in the squad. He needs to know that I see his qualities yeah. and I can yeah. call on him in certain moments. And he was good, man. I think he was very good. Man. Yeah. I think he, he was flawless. Uh, again, like, um, we'll do a tiny bit on Chef. You, they didn't really pose him Anything. any, pro- any yeah. sort of problems. Yeah. Like, they didn't even have, like, a McBurney <laughs> up top. It was Brewster. So, so I, it was it was Across a part- mil, by the way. <laughs> what, for Chef? You? Yeah. He was, like, oh, 25 yeah, mil yeah, yeah, from Liverpool. Remember, and yeah. That's unproven. So, yeah. that, you know. Is, well, we'll get into them. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, he was he was flawless. Obviously, like I said, we didn't, didn't have much to do, but he was flawless. And <clears throat> I think Arteta really likes him. And I can see maybe in like a year's time or so, Kirill playing a lot more regularly because in possession, the guy is the good. Guy has definitely got got it. Yeah. Like lefty, mm. like the someone, angles, the open. I, I could see within the first ten minutes <laughs> why Arteta put him in this game because, and I'm one of Gabriel's biggest fans. I'm not saying Kirill's better than him, yeah, yeah. but the way Kirill was wrapping passes to Zinchenko, yeah. like it's just a tempo razor when he plays a pass that instantly it tells Zinchenko, Martinelli, yeah. whoever it is, get on the ball, turn and go. Like I, let's let's raise it. No, I agree with that. I think um, just to yeah to add to that point and then to to go on from it. Um, I agree. I think it's a game where because there's no McBurney, you don't need somebody as physical. Even if McBurney was probably there, it's not a game where Kivio should really be out, out muscled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By having to fight better aerial yeah. duels. The reason yeah. we play Gabriel is because he can do the physical duel and he can wrap the ball in if he needs to. Yeah, and Kivio is a game where Kivio, you, you know, just wrap the ball in. You're barely going to be tested on the other side. And one other person I want to shout out. Tommy Asuka's first goal. His first sure. goal. We, we talk, spoke about it a couple yeah, weeks ago. We were like, sure. can't wait for it. Um, it was a scrappy one. Hey, it was from a corner. We'll take him. Last couple of minutes. But yeah, happy for him. Um, and obviously, you could see what that goal meant to him. And it, it was nice to see, like, Nketiah and everyone kind of shove him over to the fans. I know it was 5 0. 
Um, but that's his first goal. He scored what? in front of the Emirates. Like, yeah, no, massive shout out. Go and celebrate. That. No, massive shout out to Tommy Yasu. I think he's like, yeah, one of the most beloved players. Yeah. That's what I said, obviously, yeah. inside the group. But I think even by fans, like, no, no, on, on that though, he is one of the most beloved. But when the penalty was awarded, you guys wanted Tommy Yasu to take it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, I wasn't getting that far. Um, but well, yeah, when the penalty got awarded, the stadium started singing Kai Havertz's song. Yeah, they wanted it. Six million down the drain, Kai Havertz scored again. They all wanted him to take it, and then obviously Vieira steps up. He's got but I think, yeah, the, the fans are starting to like. I think Mikel Arteta has obviously done a lot there by saying to the fans, kind of, yeah, get on side. And I think Kai Havertz, there was one slide tackle Kai Havertz made, which the fans loved. In the first half, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is like, and again, people will be like, oh, you're cheering on 65 million first line. <laughs> but like you said, man, I think and you got it spot on. Like you can't, at the end of the season, you can't look at Kai Havertz and say he did X, Y, Z yeah. in terms of numbers it depends and, on the game. And, and judge his season on that. You're just not going to be able to do that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, but on Chef U, um, they they are shit, man. I'm not even going yeah, to they are They are one of the worst teams I've seen come to the Emirates in a while um offered nothing defensively weren't even that solid yeah when when you see a team come and put up a low block i was walking past um arsenal tube station on the way home and uh, there were a couple of chef U fans and i overheard their conversation and one of them was just like let's get back to the championship <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he goes this is shit he was like, we, we come for, drove four or five hours down to London to watch our team get smacked by five. Over. They didn't even have a shot on target, <laughs> right? XG was 0 0.02. He, 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 he was just like, yeah, let's just get back to the championship. Like, know, they're, they're... Worst ever start to a Premier League season they've had. Yeah, one point on the board. Ten games. It's, 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 it's kind of pathetic. Not even murmurs the manager's going to get. <laughs> not even rumours. Do you know what's crazy? Because after 10 games you've played, it's not like you've just played the top 10 teams in the country. After 10 games you've played people in and around yourself and then obviously the top teams. And um, I've noticed that they stopped playing that left back who yeah. is yeah. diabolical. They finally made that adjustment. But it's not stopped the damage. The yeah. leaking still goes on. I think... Um, there is nothing to say about Sheffield that guys don't already know, like is screaming at you. Um, you know, when you sell, as we, I think we'll say this every week, when you sell like your two best midfielders yeah. to rival teams, come, yeah, I'll go straight back down. Like, I'm not meant and, to be and here. you don't recruit. Yeah. Getting yeah. better. We're moving on from Arsenal to Bournemouth versus Burnley. Yeah. Called it a nine-pointer last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it saved his job. Yeah, definitely saved his job. I think it saved his job because when they were one 0 down, I thought, "Oh my gosh, he's 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 not going to make it to halftime." Yeah. I, I was literally saying, like, I, I saw just, in the chat, I was expecting yeah. a halftime announcement. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, Bournemouth's first win, um, and they they were quite clearly the better team from what I saw. Mm. Um, they had more chances. Billing made up for his mistake yeah, last week. You see that cracking goal. Um, but on both the goals, and we said this last week about Burnley, yeah, uh, Semenyo wins the ball, goal. Billing wins the ball, goal. It's that simple. There's no, there's no passes. There's nothing else. Semenyo's robbed Charlie Taylor in midfield. He scores. Billing wins the ball, goal. There's no other part. There's nothing else going on. Yeah, Burnley are wide it's open. It's just win the ball and goal. Burnley are wide open. At what? Yeah, we've, we every week we ask. Me. At what point do we compromise? At what point does he compromise? When the when you lose a nine pointer. When you lose I, a I, I don't think Mints and Company is going to compromise. When you lose a nine-pointer, you have to compromise. With that, that it's that simple. When your relegation rivals who haven't won a game all season come up top trumps after you took the lead, I, I, but compromise. I just don't think. 
I think he's from that pep school and that stubbornness. This I'm, is how we play. This is what we're going to do. Maybe he's and, gonna... and, and I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I don't even know if Burnley have the facilities to be like, to go, <laughs> who's their big man? Amduni. <laughs> Lyle Foster. Like, <laughs> they don't have the facilities to just say, yeah, let's change it all no, up. And there's no excuse. You, sh- you Like, there has to be a plan B. He has to, yeah, he's got to do something different. There's no way, I was going to say. You can't um, just keep losing games like real company. There's no way company has come into the Premier League and thought, yeah, this tiki-taka is, is do or die, and if it doesn't work, I'm dead. Or there's no plan B, or there's no iteration of this plan. Like, that is the most thoughtless management job that you've done. And I heard yeah. from Rio that company's a serial worker. Not yeah, from Rio, yeah, from Jolly yeah, and Lesko, actually, on um <clears throat> yeah. on Filthy, that, like, company, if he has a you know, spare 15, 20 minutes, he'd rather do tactics in the backseat. Yeah, yeah, type yeah. Type of guy. Yeah. And now it's like... Yeah, right. um, I, I heard some story, I might have been... From uh from Gary Neville or whatever that he he has a driver so that he can spend more time yeah working on the games and stuff. That's what I'm saying. So a guy who's meant to be this meticulous, who clearly would have known that playing tiki taka football at the bottom of the table is going to be tough. Mm. How could he not have a plan B? How could he not have a, a different style? Maybe you're right. Maybe he was demanding. Yeah, I need a big man striker for when stuff goes wrong. And Burnley wasn't able to get that for him. But they also let Weghorst go and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. so it's it's, it's like. <clears throat> They, they've got Xander Berger <laughs> and they could say, yeah, knock it long team and play off him. But I just don't think, I don't think Vincent Company's going to f- feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I can teach these guys a whole new way of playing. But long balls, as much as it, as, it doesn't need as much coaching as, as positional play. To yeah, but I, I, I think, I think whilst Vincent Company's coaching that, it's going to be eating him alive. <laughs> Like, like I, 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 yeah, I, I was, I was Pep's captain for five years, and this is how I'm coaching my team to play. No, I mean it's, it's a huge admission of defeat. Yeah, but you have to, you have to look yourself in the mirror, and be like, what do I want to do? Stay in the league, or go out? Literally on my, like, on yeah, my shield. Yeah. On my, so yeah. maybe he thinks I'll get another job. I'll get better players next time. It'll, it'll just work. Um, but I think there is something to be said about versatility in managers. Yeah, and a manager sure. that can be like, look. I want to play this style of football, but I have these players and this is the competition. Yeah. And this is the style of football that gets results. Because even for company, I know as a young manager, he's figuring a lot of stuff out, but that like blanket, this ticky tacky stuff is, all, yeah. or, you know, this possession based stuff is going to work regardless of who I have and da 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 Bro. Be versatile. Be versatile. And that's, that's a perfect Not, segue yeah. onto the most in- <laughs> exciting game of the weekend that mm. I thought. Um, Wolves Newcastle and Gary O'Neill um, adapting what he wants to do, adapting like from his ideal style of play to, yeah. to go up against each team. Um, and Wolves were very good in that game they again, were. man. And a shout out Gary O'Neill again. He's, he's doing it, man. Wolves are well set up. I was, like when they do Wolves' team, like you know, especially when they get to the front three and you see Chan. Uh, well, uh, you know, obviously yeah. Neto's just done his hamstring, but. Chan Neto and um, Cunha. Yeah. I'm like, yo, these guys can cause anybody problems. Yeah. And that Boyo guy in midfield that they have yeah. who plays decent balls through the lines. Lamino. Yeah, Lamino, who's and just an all-round generalist. Um, Samedo was able to double up with Neto on the wings. Like, Wolves have a decent... or Well, they're well-managed. They're well-coached, that's for sure. And then they've got decent players up top who can cause you a threat. Um, so I think Gary O'Neill deserves a lot of love because Wolves are not even near the relegation you know, like they have 12 points on the board. Most people tip them to go down. That's what I'm saying. 
I mean, the manager left like two, a day before the season began. And Sheffield have one point on the board and Wolves have 12. Lopetegui threw a tantrum and said, you're not getting me any players. <laughs> or, I'm going to leave. And Gary O'Neill's come in and just done a job with the players. But that, is, but that is also management. Gary O'Neill, you have to assess who, I, who do I have? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What kind of system can I play with the guys that I have? You know, and he kind of said that last week and, um, on Sky when he was like, look, I want to start every game playing this style of football. And then I have to like take stock of what I have around me. Um so shout out to him because you know Chan's definitely gotten better as a player. Yeah, you know? he's scoring goals. Cunha as well. Cunha's balling. Like Cunha like, might not be a bags man, but you yeah. know, there's, de- there's definitely a very good player there. And he lost Matthias Nunes. Yep. Like you yep. know, three weeks into the season or two weeks into the season. <clears throat> yep. So it's like whatever he was building with him and that team is gone. Yeah. Um. And 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 Newcastle. To be fair to Newcastle, I think they're starting to feel the whole Wednesday. There was, there was definitely Champions yeah, League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're starting to feel the the Wednesday Saturday thing, but. Um, at the same time, it's not looking like it's Mullen, not a bad point. It's not a bad. Point. It's not looking like Molyneux is an easy place. No, not at all. To all. to go to Man City lost there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I, I got a lot of respect for for Gary O'Neill for he he puts out a decent outfit every week and it's gonna take some quality to beat them yep. and they also have the quality to make it a different or an interesting game and I thought to be honest the penalty was soft. Yeah. Like, real yeah, time I thought yeah, the penalty was soft was as hell. Um. And it was um it was unfortunate to see. Neto's injury because yeah, he, he was calling. And he was about again. to bury that. Yeah. 10 points. Yeah. I saw that, man. Yeah, <laughs> my straight, FPL. Straight, yeah my FPL. Man. I had <laughs> yeah. He already picked up the assist. Yeah. He was lining it up. Um, and yeah, it was unfortunate, obviously. I don't know how long he might be out for now. But yeah, um, yeah that was that was a very good performance from Wolves. And yeah, on the Newcastle point of view, get away with the point. Not a bad point after the after Champions League game midweek. And just, yeah, keep it moving. Yeah, they'll take positives from Wilson scoring. Um. Yeah. I, I. I. Yeah. I thought Anthony Gordon had a good game as well. He's a, he's, he's becoming a bit of a threat. He's raising up my my rankings, my estimations yeah, yeah. in terms of left wingers. Um. But there is. Yeah. I thought Newcastle. If they have a week's break, obviously they play United Wednesday. Yeah. Um. But I think they were just literally suffering from the hangover yeah, of the loss. Yeah. Especially last. second half. You could. You yeah. Could you could that. tell. Um. But moving on to the next game, Sunday's game, first game, West Ham versus Everton. Mm. Everton went to the London Stadium um, and just in classic, true Sean Dash fashion, 1-0 away from home. And West Ham were poor. They they couldn't break Everton down. But on the Everton side, man, those those 11 players on that pitch worked their fucking socks off, man. man. They were like, whenever the ball was like being passed around and West Ham were trying to create something. There were just four or five Everton players swarming. Harrison and McNeil were doing their jobs yeah. coming back. Like it was a proper, proper shift from those players. They weren't giving West Ham time and space on the ball. They yeah. were making it difficult. And what a goal, man. Yeah. What a goal. The turn, the finish. Yeah. Shout out Calvert-Lewin. Shout out Calvert-Lewin. Shout out Calvert-Lewin. Shout out Harrison. He's, he's added um, as well. Harrison uh, and McNeil both both like yeah they've, like they've definitely added a different dynamic that we just did not see from Everton uh, the first couple of match weeks into the season. Um, I thought yeah they all played very well. Like Ducroy was my man of the match for Everton. Like he was just everywhere. Yeah, he yeah. was literally just should have scored. Should have scored. It was a good save to be fair. Yeah. Um, and, and he does all the like defensively, offensively. He's trying to link play. He's breaking yeah. up play. He's making clearances and blocks at the edge of his box. Um, it's it's crazy to see. Yeah, but you're right. I think the the biggest takeaway was just how hard how hard Everton worked mm. for that win, and also how, like in the Premier League, yeah, you have to smell when a team is going through yeah, a rough patch. When they're off it, yeah, yeah, you have to smell it, and you have to think, man, there's points here for us, yeah, yeah. and they, like you have to press that red button 
and activate. Yeah. And that's literally yeah. what Sean Dash did. As soon as he saw, you know, a couple draws and loss, yeah. a lot, you know, Sean Dash was telling the guys, you hope. Even in the first 15, 20 minutes, I think Everton might have had two or three breaks. Yeah. West Ham were playing some sloppy passes. <laughs> like, and, and they capitalized on it. And I think they'll take a lot of pride in that performance. One away from home. Away from Clean home. Sheet. Yeah. Um, picking up points away from home in the Premier League is tough for anyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good good result for Everton. Yeah, it's um, going to mean a lot for them. And, and as well, it keeps them away just a little bit from the yeah, whole, like, yeah. the bottom yeah. three that are just going to get pelted every time they play. Um, it, it, honestly, and it's, it's a massive if, but if they can keep DCL fit, mm. that, that they can push it's going to be a decent side. It's going to be a decent team. No, they, 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 they've definitely got some nice pieces, man. They've definitely got some nice pieces. I think Onana, Ducore... And Garner yeah, as a the midfield, balance looks, yeah, looks good in there now. Yeah, as a midfield three is like, especially down those that side of the table, it's it's a very good mid yeah. three. Yeah, and um, yeah, Tarkovsky at the back, solid. Yeah, you know, and and if they if they replicate that performance at Goodison Park regularly yeah. on that small tight pitch, they'll get results. They just need to keep Michael Keane as far away from that pitch <laughs> as possible. Yeah. Jared Bramfway's done all right. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, back to back losses for West Ham. Um, we They're in a bit of a rough patch. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of nervous about the game on Wednesday because I feel like Moyes is going to want to put a stop to this and make a statement like, "Hey, we're not." We're no, not they, they got Conference League as well, man. He's got to rest some players. <laughs> He's got to. He's got to. Uh, but I, I don't. Th- I'm not too worried about West Ham. I think it is just yeah, dipping form, and yeah, maybe yeah. a bit. Same thing with Newcastle. A bit of the like. They did, yeah. They just got to try to come out of it as, as quickly as possible. We're playing every three days, type of thing. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next game, um, Aston Villa versus Luton. Um, Villa winning three one, yeah. Um, and Mc- John McGinn, man, he, he goal scoring arc scored in midweek mm. um, in the Conference League. Mm. Scored again. I think he's got a couple goals for the season now. Even Bailey, um, yeah, Bailey coming off the bench, always making an impact, <laughs> um, creating goals. The RB goal and assist. Um, and Villa are four points off the top, man. They're just yeah. quietly going about their business. Douglas Louise again, another assist. Yep. And they're there, four points off the top. I feel like for Villa, they're, they're, yeah, obviously they're in a very good run, but it's like, you can tell it's a good run because every week there's like a different guy to praise, a different mm-hmm. hero. Like it was Watkins last week, we can do McGinn, we can do Diaby this week, we can do even Bailey, you know, a couple of good you know, goals and assists in his last couple of games. Una is just like, yeah, he's he's doing what they need to do for them. For, Una is definitely like, bro, we, we don't need to be even Tottenham. We don't need to be at the top of the table or like we just need to keep on doing what we're doing and when it comes to match week 27 28 29 we'll, we'll realize how far away or how much of a mix we're in and um hopefully we can shake off the brightons and all these other teams yeah. that they put that they're clumping us together with and it's like yo, if we just stay on course i, th- I think they're the best of the rest yeah know? i agree for the way it's looking right now and they're going to be tough to beat at home yeah for sure um, I think Una's just saying, yo, like, don't don't put too much pressure on yourselves. Go out there and play football. Um, and we will, we, trust me, we will end up in that sort of top six, top five spot with 10 games to go. Yep. Um, you know, then then we'll have a discussion about, your know, where should we finish this season? And the confidence and momentum in that group of players going into the training ground and everything, it's just building every week. But it can only, it can only get better for them. Um, so yeah, difficult one for Luton. Obviously, Villa Park's just they're on form, yeah, tough place to go. Exactly, is what it is. Um, next game, Brighton Fulham. Um, a game ended one-one. Um, it was a good finish from Evan Ferguson yeah, for the was. Brighton goal. Pascal Gross um, in between the lines. Yeah, <laughs> and then they got it's caught tough. playing out Fulham with a good press and Paulinho with a great finish. Yeah, a great finish. Paulinho is um, also a bit of a villain. 
yeah. you see he like yeah. elbowed again yeah, maybe yeah, he should have yeah. been sent off I feel like anytime but that's Palinia's game exactly yeah. anytime he's about to anytime he scores a winner he probably should have been sent yeah, off in that yeah, game yeah <laughs> and then he just gives it the big one to the crowd like, <laughs> yeah yeah you, you kind of gotta love it as well um but yeah but both teams had some chances Brighton probably had the better chances um but yeah after after a good win in Europe for Brighton to be Ajax 2-0 mm. um in the Europa League obviously Probably disappointed to draw that one, 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 but not too much to say on it. Um, and then to Liverpool versus Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Um, Liverpool winning 3 0, running riot, light work for them at Anfield. Um, They're also cooking. Darwin Nunes finding form. Yeah, just um, at the right time. assist. And so Bosley again, just um, bossing it, huh? He's just knitting things together, man. He's just, he is, he is the glue. In that team, man, he's ta- he's taking the ball from deep. He's linking the play. Mm, um, mm. He's making like underlaps, overlaps, finding runs, great passes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, he's just he's a proper proper midfield player. Yeah. No, I think um, I think Liverpool. I think what's what's crazy about them is literally every game now seems to just be like three or four nil, or sorry, or three or four one, or whatever the scoreline is going to be. Like they, and we did say this at the beginning of the season, but they're they're just going to keep on scoring goals, and that will keep them up there. Is like to to beat Liverpool. It almost seems like you're gonna have to score three. Yeah, you yeah. know, score two and then like really lock it down and hold them out. And like, because Salah's gonna get his. Yeah, Nunes, Nunes exactly. His. Or Diaz will pop D- up. Yeah, or Diaz Jota didn't play. Yeah, Jota was it was a good goal. Yeah, goal. <laughs> you know, and Jota, Jota can do that to teams and do that to people. Gakpo came on and scored. It was actually <laughs> offside. But yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, man. Like the the Anfield factor. Yeah. Mm. You, every team plays 19 home games in, yeah. the, in the league season. Yeah. F- to to kind of know, Liverpool lost one home game in the league last oh, season. Yeah. That was the Leeds of yeah. all teams, yeah, who actually went down. But fireworks. But yeah, yeah. Um, so how to know that, like, of those 19 games, you're probably going to win 16. Yeah. yeah. Or, I was going to say 16. You're saying 18. Uh, okay. Not L- maybe 18 draw 18 twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you, you probably won't lose a game at home. Right, and that's already. I think I did the maths a bit earlier. That's already about fifty points on the board. Yeah, that's a crazy standard to set. Like, and but, and just that Anfield factor, I think, is such a massive part in why Liverpool are going to be in this title. Race. Yeah, that, but you know, that's a big credit to the fans. Though I guess they they really, as a as when the players are coming out and stuff, they they always let them know how important it means to them mm, that mm. we get three points on the weekend. And so, as a like as a player, maybe even if you're just like, oh, it's only. Not to come for us, it was only this and that. I think when you're walking out and they're singing, you never walk alone. Mm. Chills. And then you also have dot like you like I think the that comes from the top as well in terms of Klopp wants it. Yeah. He's he you know, he's not letting up and then Salah wants it as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's like your your captain and your um your manager. Yeah. Like they set the standard. Like I want Salah, Salah wants the goals and the assists, Klopp wants the three points. Yeah. And it's like everybody else has to fall in line. Yeah. Because there is that synergy. And I think that's where, that's where, I, and I respect this so much. Like whenever, whenever you have a player as good as Mohamed Salah, yeah, um, world class, best best winger in the right winger at least in the world, um, and you see how hard Mo Salah works out of possession on the press, trying to win the ball back. Whenever he turns it over, sprinting back, like when you see your star man with that quality working that hard, yeah. everyone else in the team has no choice but to do the same. Because that's what it takes, man. That yeah. is honestly what it takes. And, and you see Bakayo Saka and Martinelli do that. Thing. The two, like 
focal points and goal scorers of this Arsenal team work as hard as anybody else. Yeah. Um, and one person who doesn't do that, or at least isn't doing that at the moment, is Marcus Rashford, and we will get onto him. <laughs> yeah, meant to be the star player in his work, right? But yeah, man, I think it is a lot to respect about Liverpool for sure. And, yeah. that, and that is why they'll always be there or, or thereabouts or in and around the conversation for top four title talks. Um, if you can actually bank on winning games at home yeah. and, you know, and getting the job done at home, then literally half of the work is done. You know, yeah, quite literally 100%. half percent. They're quite literally half of the work is done. Uh, and so testament to their mentality and they're only and I feel like they're only buying players who also buy are buying into this sort of mentality yeah, yeah. you know which is just yeah Graven Birch played again yeah right yeah. Um, and I just wanted to check you, you were the one that told me Van Dijk's finished yeah he is done don't worry Nottingham Forest is this Van, what we're Dijk, doing? Van Dijk's washed out is this, is it, it wasn't even a one year it, it, it wasn't okay, even a one year okay, okay just checking hey, we'll, Van Dijk's still washed though yeah Okay, he's done. No, yeah. I'm finished. He's not finished. He's like, this is this is. He definitely said he was watched. This is the cow that we're, we're just about to take to pasture. Okay, still grazing. Looks good. He was the prize cow. He was the, yeah. he, was the he was the bull because he's been on point. He was the year, bull man. of the he's prize. He's been on point. He's got a red card already. Cost the point. And <laughs> again, like, they won. Nah. Hey, bailed out. <laughs> bailed out by Darwizzy. Uh, but well, yeah, I'm on, I'm on VVD watch. Don't worry. Still, hey, I'm on VVD watch, man. Don't worry. Impressive. Oh, why? Well, Looks see. like he's getting back to what? his best. Who, who do Liverpool have next week? Easy. Luton. Oh. God. <laughs> and then they've got uh, Brentford, and then after the international break, they got Man City. Mm, that's yes, the yes. test. That's the um, test. It will Doku. be a test. It will be a test. But last year when they played them at Anfield, Van Dijk locked Haaland up. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think... Um, Do you see Salah's goal? No, I actually haven't seen Salah's goal yet. Matt, Matt Turner's getting dropped, man. Is it? Matt, on, like, someone's like, plays this, like, half-decent pass. It's just in the right area. <laughs> but there's the Nottingham Forest defender coming back this way. And mm. Matt Turner, for some reason, Russia. is, like, almost on the halfway line. And there's no need to be there. <laughs> and the defender stops because he thinks Matt Turner's going to go for it. Matt Turner it misjudges it. Like, can't... Like uses his hands because he's out of his area, just goes past him, <laughs> and Salah just puts it in the empty net. You know, I think Matt Turner suffers a bit from identity crisis because he's a traditional keeper. Yeah, in a world full of like if ball you, play, you have to sweep, or you have to ball play, or you, <laughs> you know, you have to like. And he's just like, I, I just, I'm a shot stopper. You know, I take huge long deep yeah, goal yeah, kicks. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. But yeah, I think he might get dropped soon. But um, yeah, another three points for Liverpool. Um, they just keep ticking over, keep winning. Um and mo- but moving on, um because we're gonna need big. to have a healthy, healthy discussion yes, on talk. what is going on at Old Trafford, what is going on at Manchester United, the Manchester Derby. Um, and I don't even feel right saying Derby because when I say Derby, you think of two teams wanting to win, going at each other. Yeah. That that wasn't the case yesterday. Um, an absolutely pathetic performance from man united yeah like i there's no other way to describe it it is just pathetic um and if i'd saw arsenal play like that like, yeah at the emirates yeah because oh, so, i've seen arsenal put in shocking performances in at White Hart Lane, yeah yeah and and just get rolled over but if i saw arsenal play like that at the emirates i would be furious <laughs> those man united fans sat in sat in the stadium at old trafford I want to say I feel for you, but you lot talk too much shit mm. for me to feel for you. Mm. But like on a on a pure fan level, 
they don't, they don't deserve to see their team play like that in a derby. I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you that derby is such a weird term, especially for this game, because I agree that it is a big game and a big derby in X, Y, and Z. But at the same time, historically, Man United used to, used to just smack Man City around for a little bit. Yeah, but even even at um and then now like it feels main like road and when it when they used to play at Man City Stadium. There, there have been times where like was Sean Gota scored a winner <laughs> yeah. or Sean Wright Phillips twisted up Evra or they had moments, right? At Old Trafford, they were more often than not get slapped. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. I but know what you mean. It, it, you're at home, man. Yeah, I think... You I think go to the Etienne and get slapped. There, 100% I agree with everything that people are saying in terms of there's a way to lose games, for sure. Especially at Derby game. Especially, yeah, there's a way to lose games and like... I mean, but I, I think the manager set them up. I honestly think the manager set them up. Like, I, I agree that the players were poor, but I think all of the players in the pitch are wondering why we're playing together. Like, yeah. why is Maguire and Evan starting? Okay, so back? so let's get into this. So we'll start with Eric Ten Hag then. So your thoughts on when you saw the lineup? I'm pretty sure Varane started midweek against Copenhagen. Um, yeah, I think he did. So it's not a case of him not being fit. And obviously we know Eric Ten Hag specifically he said came tactically, out. said tactically, yeah and said they asked him very specifically yeah Evans and Lindelof at left back Varane and Regulon on the bench why is that and Ten Hag said it's tactical yeah because right those are Ten Hag's words he's trying to play that can only mean he's trying to play a deep block and like protect the six yard box yeah. Harlan doesn't get a sniff you know um but and what did you think how do you think his tactics work I just I, it, it, it's so it's so it's so tough um to analyze well it's not tough to analyze it's tough to see how he thought some of this stuff would work and you think like you know what i'm just a fan and this is like a you know i don't know you know uh, i don't know if there's a managed degree but he's got all the qualifications mm-hmm. he's got all these badges maybe there's something he saw that we didn't see yeah. but when i see Maguire and, and evan start in a manchester derby of this magnitude with a game of this much quality on the other side of the pitch when you have people like Varane on bench yeah and all of this kind of stuff even a 60 percent Varane is worth yep. it Lindelof at left back over regulon he's actually been all right at man united and you specifically brought regulon in like transfer deadline day we need a body or oh, both my left backs are injured yep. it's for my system and now yeah you're playing Lindelof out there you know just, what it was awful did not look comfortable at all i i think but my so yeah my, my my bigger point is that when he put out that lineup there was already a sunken feeling <laughs> in, in amongst the fans amongst yeah. the players yeah, even as was, you're yeah. like even as you're lining up and you're all taking your um before kickoff literally just before kickoff and you're all like in your positions you're probably looking around <laughs> like I, I can't believe, my, I can't believe. Like Not only that, you're looking on the other side of the. That's team. what I'm saying. <laughs> and, like, and the guys they've got. When you when you've been doing first team training uh, since the beginning of the season, Maguire and Evans have never held first team bibs in the terms of like a team. Yeah, you know, you yeah. always train in the A team. It was always Varane and Martinez. Yeah, in the yeah, same, yeah. You know, it's like Maguire and Evans have never held first team bibs, and then the biggest game versus the best quality in the league. They're starting. Yeah. And I and as much as and that's the manager's decision. And that's the manager's decision. Yeah, you know, let's get that clear. That's the manager's. Decision. Um, Amrabat, man. When when Grealish did that to him, yeah, <laughs> I, I just started laughing. I, I, thought, I was honestly just. I thought Grealish. I thought Grealish had. A, I thought Grealish yeah, twisted up Dalo. Grealish, yeah. I think he twisted well, up Dalo well. many times. Like Dalo will have a bit of a nightmare mm. about trying to 
Mark Grealish in some of those half spaces, yeah. man. And Grealish is first touch a lot of the times. Just completely. <laughs> every time it felt like I took Dallow completely out of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's like Dallow wasn't ready for that first touch. But, but like, I think that is one of the easiest games Man City will play all season. A hundred percent. United Man, are way Man, too... Yeah, exactly. Man United are one of the easiest teams that you could play against. I think that's one of the easiest games Man City will play all season. And I can't get past this, man. Like, I, I predicted when we did our preview that City can win this game and they can win it in a way where they will just, like, embarrass Man United. Yeah. Like... I said like a couple of seasons ago, they won two 0 at Old Trafford, but it wasn't a two 0 when Oli was there. They just they just took the piss, man. Yeah, Kept yeah. possession, and City fans were calling it a training game. They were saying thanks for the training match, because um, man, you know, and in a derby as well. Yeah, yeah. I get you go two 0 down. Leave a tackle on someone. Go and press them. Yeah. Go and take a risk. Go and try and win the ball. Go and do something. And even when Arsenal were at their worst. And I get that Man City are a much better team than Tottenham were, yeah. right? But let's not forget, Tottenham were making Champions League finals, beating Pep's Man City in these competitions. Yeah. And they would come to the Emirates and they didn't. They never won. Feisty. They yeah. never won, right? Pochettino never won that. Because even Mustafi, Socrates, Koscielny, yeah. these guys would step up. They would be a hero. For, for Iwobi, Mikatari. The fans... They'd step up for the game. Yeah, but I think a big difference is like us as fans could never accept, no matter how good Tottenham were losing to Tottenham or coming in and feeling like second best or an underdog to Tottenham. I feel like United fans walk into that stadium before kickoff goes fully expect to get the brakes being off them in this game. And I feel like... No, but no, but they... they and again, it comes back to you can lose a game. Yeah, but, but there's a way to yeah, lose a game. The Man United fans are not accepting that performance. Yeah, they're not accepting to lose yeah, the agree. Manchester derby like that. They're, they're, any Manchester United fan I've seen, reasonable Manchester United fan, has said, yeah, when we saw the lineup, we kind of knew what was going to happen. But, but it doesn't happen that way. Mm. Not in a derby. What, what do you think about, um, you know, we spoke about Chelsea, but some of the United stats, like some of the yeah. stats on of their forwards. The minus five goal difference. Scored only yeah, 11. Minus five goal is crazy. <laughs> minus five. But they played 10 Premier League That's games. what I'm saying. They've lost five. How? Like, how? Honestly. Culture Camp said, if they keep pace, they'll lose 19 Premier League games. But, like, but how can things honestly be, be this bad? How can Rashford only have one goal and one assist and that be your whole front line? And Rashford, let's not talk about Rashford's performance yesterday because we, we spoke earlier about the HLN guys. Yeah. This guy's come through the academy at Man United. Star boy. Right? He knows what it means. Mm. He was not putting any effort in, man. Not closing people down. And we told you lot, a couple when when you got beat by Brighton, don't let it be that big contract hoodoo. And I'm <laughs> at a point now, yeah, where I'm 90% convinced <laughs> Rashford's done out. No, do you know what it is? Do you know what right, it is? Right, unless he gets a manager that finds a way to motivate. That's him. what it is. Yeah. That contract thing, Rashford's chilling. I look. The, the problem is that I saw it with Obama. But this is so funny. I, it's so obvious it, to tell. This is so funny because Rashford is your guy, and and you you've you've my guy. yeah you've had it. You, Rashford is my guy. Yeah, you've Rashford. had you. He's been he's been he's been a guy. That you've been back in for a while now, and I have been so so on him. I agree that he's a good player. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. What I will say though is, I as much as he has signed a big contract, I personally think that he's not he's not done with Ten Hag but he's done with Ten Hag yeah if yeah. that makes sense and if a new manager came in Rashford was going his the new manager's debut 
and he'd get yeah. an assist and he would rip up the next winger and he would put it top bins. And I feel like everything that's going on, Sancho's his boy, Sancho's yeah. now in the cold, he's in Siberia. Yeah, yeah. There's like, you know, the fans are on his back. Um, Ten Hag is, as much as he's trying to change things, nothing's really changing. Yeah. Um, you know, Bruno on the right. I've never seen Bruno on the right. Yeah, before, before we get on to Bruno, because Bruno's got his whole own section <laughs> in this, yeah. But yeah. The, the Rashford thing, the, the reason... I think Rashford, Rashford's my guy, yeah, yeah, and and I like but, Rashford. Is is and I've said this before. It's because I can see the qualities that he, that he has, and I'm looking at him now, and he's what like 25, 26, maybe, yeah. yeah. And I'm still looking at Rashford and saying he's got raw qualities. He's a raw player. What people are saying about Nicholas Jackson, who's 20, 21, first season <laughs> in the league, right? That, and I don't think that's entirely on Rashford. Yeah, you should develop your game, become more refined, but. If if Rashford was in this Arsenal team, bro, and Mikel Arteta, look at what Mikel Arteta did. Gabriel Martinelli and Bakayo Saka were not the guys they are. Yeah, no, before Mikel came in, yeah. If yeah. Mikel gets his hands on a guy like Rashford, I think Rashford's numbers would be. But, but okay, so this is why I say one. I agree to your point. Fundamentally, I agree to your point. Arteta just makes players better players. Yeah. Ten Hag is not really... And that's the other thing on but Ten Hag. You can, but I don't know, because how much of Rashford last year was Ten Hag? I agree, I agree. But I think there was also a level of like... It was just Rash sanity. It was. Like, like it was just... Rashford just found this groove and he was, I think just, Rashford, he was playing as a striker. I think Rashford plays well when the conditions are, are perfect. Mm. There's fertile land. Midfielders are doing their jobs. Defenders are doing their jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a couple of friends in the squad who he likes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you put Rashford in a well-oiled system, in a well-drilled yeah. team. Goals. Yeah. Goals and assists. But in these tough games where Rashford has to have his back against the wall, versus like on the like the fans are on his back, as I say, the press is on his back. Yeah. His players are maybe demanding a little bit more from him. I feel like he doesn't turn up. Yeah. 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 Or I, I think it's 50-50. He didn't even work hard enough. Like. I think it's 50-50. I think one, he doesn't turn up. But I also do feel like he maybe is over blamed as a hype man because some of the only moments of quality in the game came from Rashford. That ball he put, mm. he put mm. forward to McTominay when Edison made that save. Yep. It's a first-time ball on his left foot. Yeah. Um, on the right, he's on the right-hand side. Yep. And he plays it straight through two defenders to McTominay who's in on goal who has like probably Man United's only shot on target. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like Rashford is still capable of all of these things. And it's so weird that it, yes, it takes a manager to sit down with him and get the best out of him. And for a second, we thought that was Ten Hag, mm. but there's like four, I get there's like four managers now that yeah. we've said this. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe, but, but, but Jose, Jose weren't going to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. Under Oli Rashford did all right. Like what would Ange do? I think Ange would make him a, a good, good You player. know, in the, if 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 Rashford is in but, that but, system, but the, now. The, the work rate stuff, and that's that's not about who your manager is. That's True. that's got to come from Rashford. True, and and that's I where like, I will place blame on him because he he's not working hard enough. I I agree. I agree. He's not working hard enough, and I think a, a lot of that is also now kind of like a fuck you to the fans in the sense of like he's he, there's no way Rashford isn't hearing what everybody's saying or like well he's seeing that 350 bags hit his account every week, but I, I and think, he's like, yeah, you know what? But I'm that's good. what. But so that that's what fuels my points about Rashford and the manager I don't think they're falling out because Ten Hag plays in every game but I don't think that Rashford is 100% bought in to the point where he's willing to do that five yard sprint 
to yeah, press to yeah, press the ball. Yeah. Like I feel like but what he was doing that last year. He was and, do- and what's the thing that's changed? The contract. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think there is a couple guys like Rashford probably. I, th- I think the Jaden Sancho thing, and, and I want to talk about this as well. And let's get back to Eric Ten Hag because yeah. we're not letting him off, yeah. Firstly, on Eric Ten Hag, the signings he's made. Yeah. yeah. The the players that he this is a big he point. wanted to bring in. And Eric Ten Hogg's at a point now where he's not doing himself any favours with the comments he's making in the interviews that he's having, yeah. right? I'm Rebecca coming off and saying that's tactic. You might as well have just said he's injured. Exactly, exactly, right? And then after the game saying he he made a mistake bringing Mount on. <laughs> right? You know what he said in the post-match? He was like, from a guy like Mount, you can expect creativity. And obviously, no, yeah, <laughs> they didn't get that. Felt like it was a dig. But they asked him, and it came out, I think, either today or late, late last night, um, when will we see this Man United team play like your Ajax team? Yeah, yeah. And Eric Ten Hag said, never. <laughs> Eric Ten Hag said, never. Yeah. Yeah. So any Man United fan who's waiting on that and thinking, they got sold a dream, man. They got sold a dream. They thought that Eric Ten Hag was going to come and he was going to play possession football. He was going to play the way Ajax play. And Eric Ten Hag has literally just told you guys, you will never see that. Yeah, but that that so this is what I will say because that's that's a crazy thing to say. And if that is the case, why has he spent a hundred million on Anthony? Yeah, why has he yeah. spent sixty five on Lissandro? Yeah. Why is he getting these guys from the Eredivisie come in? Amrabat, poor so far, yeah. right? Casemiro, you spent seventy million on, got one great, very good season out of him. But what, what's the role for him now? Yeah. Mason Mount's your guy. He's not starting the Manchester derby. Yeah. No, yesterday was crazy when, when there was McTominay in three tens in midfield yeah. in Ericsson, yeah. Bruno and Mount. And and for that to be a Premier League midfield against Man City, like Sheffield, Sheffield at home, that's what I was trying. Yeah. 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 That's he's putting rice there and yeah. it, and it's Declan Rice. Here he all comes in. Yeah. yeah. And it's but at least it's Declan Rice in the six. Yeah. And he's yeah. putting Saka and Martinelli. Yeah. And yeah. Smith Rowe and Havertz and we're playing with the front five. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. it's you know experimental, X, Y, and Z. But Sheffield at home, you can do that. You know, Man City at home in a huge game when you know they have the intelligence and they've got Rodri, but not a Silva and all these guys in midfield. To, and you you yourself have put McTominay on the transfer list for playing as a six, yeah. for playing as a box-to-box. And he was also one of your only most potent players going forward. He was like your biggest threat going forward. Like, these are the things that aren't explainable. He's, he's getting the, the nod ahead of Mason Mount, yeah, exactly. who you signed for 60 you million. Signed for 60 you, chased, million. you chased for however long. I thought the Anthony sub was too late. Anthony was poor. Don't get me wrong. He was <laughs> yeah. poor. But yeah. I do think... That Things I... definitely should have changed earlier. Ten Hag waited way too long. I just get Garnacho like... on the pitch, man. <laughs> yeah. Bavardio is looking like Maldini <laughs> with Bruno on that wing. Get Garnacho <laughs> on the pitch. Try and change something. <laughs> Didn't do that. His substitutions were wrong. I, I agree with your point. I fundamentally agree with your point of like, Ten Hag can't come out and say, I'm not trying to play that football at Ajax. And then just spend all your transfer money on Ajax yeah. players. Yeah. yeah. And, and if that isn't your football... Um, then you have to show patterns of what is your football. Exactly. What is your identity? And not only that, okay, a lot of your signings have been poor. Yeah. Yeah. But what about the players who were there when you took over? Yeah. Last season, Rashford was balling. Fair play. You got a tune out of him. But you got to come in and the players who are there, you got to make them better players. Yeah. Right. Which he ha- he hasn't really done. Dallow's looked better than he was before. Right. But if, if all it, 10 Hogs players are fit, I think Wan Bissaka is the starting right back. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he hasn't shown that he's come in and he's made these guys better players, right? And I think that's a big problem 
when when you're looking at it now and the Jaden Sancho situation I think is all just like yeah, compounding just... onto everything because and I wanted to reference and I, I don't want to yeah, keep bringing yeah, it back yeah, to Arsenal yeah. and whatever yeah but when Mikel Arteta decided yeah Aubameyang needs to go mm. yeah that let's not let's get it right that was a much much bigger decision yeah just than, than Ten Hag because Jaden Sancho has been shit he's been <laughs> poor like offering nothing to the team yeah. like it's not a, a, a big like risk. He was to the take star man. Scene, yeah? Exactly. And even in the uh, All or Nothing documentary, there's a clip with Edu and Edu goes, it's difficult to back Mikel on that because the fans love Aubameyang. Yeah. Like Aubameyang's yeah. won trophies for the club, but obviously Edu makes the right decision. He backs Mikel, right? But when that happened, if shit went left there, Mikel's the one on the line. We had a conversation at the time and we were like, if this doesn't work, yeah, he's done. this is on Mikel. But because he and but it worked, right? Yeah. And but that's that's, be- that's part of the reason. But that's because the people that Mikel got in as well were playing like Eddie came in and scored in that Chelsea game mm-hmm. when Aubameyang mm-hmm. was on the bench. Like, who is that guy for United who the fans can like put all their love and praise on and be like, hey, look, at the bottom line is you're Ten Hag's guy and you're playing for Ten Hag mm-hmm. and you're putting in performances and we can build from here because I see the green shoots. Yeah. 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 We knew Eddie was never gonna go on to be the main guy or whatever but we saw Saka we saw Smith Rowe we saw Eddie and we thought okay look young Hayland, um, let's have this like carefree almost end to the season without the pressure of Aubameyang who is Ten Hag putting in there because yeah. if Mount's not his guy who he's just mm. signed yeah um, if if Amrabat who he's hooking off at half time isn't gonna isn't gonna be his guy or Nana is a mixed bag yeah 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 it's yeah. like who who Rand's on the he, bench like, Garnacho, I don't know what Garnacho's feelings are towards him. Like, you know, maybe I, every time we see Garnacho play, it feels like he has a decent cameo. Maybe he should get more minutes. He doesn't get more minutes. Peleshti doesn't get more minutes. Yep. Elanga's gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's like... Elanga's balling. Yeah. Who's yeah. going to be the hero? I, How can every decision, at least with Arteta, he made that big decision and the decisions afterwards paid off for him. Yeah. When are the decisions going to pay off? Exactly. I think that's a big problem. He's made this Jaden Sancho decision and results haven't... There. And it's not a case of, or oh, if Jaden Sancho is playing, United win these games, or United play better, or whatever. We don't know that, right? Give it based on Jaden Sancho's performances for Man United. We can't even say that, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter because you've made this decision, like you say. Maybe Rashford's affected. Maybe these Wambasaka or whoever it is. That's maybe my thing. they're affected. Maybe the, the stories coming out about Jaden Sancho needing a lunchbox and carrying <laughs> it across, across, and needing to change outside because. All of this stuff, Parking right? his car with the under eighteen, <laughs> yeah. under eighteen moms, right? It, it's it's not good, yeah. And that's where, okay, cool. Who's the guy Eric Ten Hag is going to call upon? But I got to blame Eric Ten Hag again there yeah, because yeah. He, he gave Bruno the captaincy, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's come out and said Marcus Rashford's going to play every game, and we're going to play him through the bad form. Eric Ten Hag has said that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Where, so where where we're looking on it and we're thinking, yo, Rashford needs to be dropped because these performances are not acceptable. He's just playing on Nacho. Eric Ten Hag has said, Bruno, you're my guy. You're my captain. Rashford, you're my guy. I'm going to play you through this form. So if if those guys fail, Ten Hag's going to fall on his sword. I, I, so now, and now I do have some sympathy to maybe play devil's advocate. I agree with you 100%, yeah. But surely Ten Hag is also thinking like Rashford, you, you've got to turn this around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we've got Sheffield. You know, it's like every every game that <laughs> every game that Ten Hag's not thinking. What the fuck happened to these guys? <laughs> like last year, they were banging in the goals. Bruno was balling. Everything looked good. Like now you're just throwing me on. And but and I said this after the Brighton game. 
Ten Hag's put his trust in the same in the players, players yeah. that threw Jose under the yeah, bus, yeah. that threw Oli under the bus, that and threw Ragnik under the bus. Yeah. Like Ten Hag's put his trust in those guys, and they're doing the exact same thing now. No, I, I, hundred percent, I agree on that. Um, he's put his trust in the wrong guys, but he's also thinking like we had we United fans came into the season thinking we have foundations to build on. Mm. Third and a trophy. Rash sanity, yeah, you know Bruno back to getting goals and assists. Mm. We just need a and we need a striker. We got we got a striker. We got Casemiro. We got Varane. We got the butcher at the back. Yeah, yeah we changed the we changed. And United up. fans were thinking title race. Sure, at the start of the season. sure's you know sure's back to being a top defender, yep. being a top bloke. Um, Lissandro. And so I think a bit of Ten Hag is is like, guys, we <laughs> like uh, like <laughs> as <laughs> like. You know, uh, right, calm. poor start, calm. First couple of games, poor start, yeah. Then you started to have the Burnleys and the Chef use, And he's like, yo, where the hell are the goals? Like, yeah, if, yeah. you know, uh, and as you say, it's not just that Rashford isn't scoring goals. It's that he, he doesn't really look like he can try for 90 minutes. Exactly. He doesn't exactly. look like he can try for 90 minutes. But that's why I think, and obviously we're just being fancy, but that's why I think the Sancho stuff, and I, I like Rashford might be able to admit that to, to Ten Hag, hey, look, man, Sancho's been turning up late. He's been putting in shit performances. But he's my guy. And if you could show him, you know, not mm. not more respect than anybody else, but, you know, give him a chance or yeah, whoever yeah, it yeah. is. And Ten Hag's come out and bashed him and banished him. And Sandra's also taking it the wrong way. Like, Rashford must be just sitting there in a toxic dressing room. Not a toxic dressing room, but he's sitting there in a dressing room. But I, th- I, think, I think rather than going to Ten Hag, I think Rashford and whoever it's else in football. there are Jaden Sancho's boy. Go to Jaden Sancho and be like, look, bro, it's been... Like the Arsenal game was what the fourth game of the yeah, season. It's, crazy. It's, it's been like eight weeks with the international breaks, where maybe ten weeks. Yeah, uh, even if you don't mean it, yeah, even if you're not sorry, just go in there and say it. Yeah, just go just, and, for us. I need you. I need you, bro. Go I, back and train. I need you yeah, out there. Exactly. But Jaden's going to him, bro. He's going to be gone by Jan, and Rashford's going back to training, thinking. Yeah, yeah Jaden Sancho <laughs> is thinking now. Yeah, this guy's going to go soon. Yeah, and Rashford's probably thinking, man, maybe maybe Jaden's onto something. But, but I was going to ask you: Is is the writing on the wall for Eric Ten Hag? We've seen no, no, no. We've seen, but I, we've, I think, we've seen the process. We know what happens when it gets to this stage at Man United. I think Man City fans, when when Liverpool fans were singing "Ollie's at the Wheel" at Old Trafford for half an hour, it was a turning it's a point. Tough time. They were wi- waving white flags as Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was. Is is time. the writing on the wall for Eric Ten Hag? He's got, he's got. I would say another two damning defeats. If they lose, they got Fulham in the lunchtime kickoff next week. Yeah, never back the early. Yeah, kickoff. never back the early. At kickoff. Fulham, Iwobi. yeah, <laughs> Paulinho, Willian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they lose that game, I'm, a lot of Man United fans are going to be like, I no, don't know. So about that's why I say he's, he's got two. He's got two more damning defeats. I think Ten Hag has made a lot of poor decisions, man. And and I agree, and I can hear the murmurs and the rumors, but honestly. It, it just sinks United even further into the hole because mm. the new manager's not going to want Anthony. The new manager's not going to want Amrabat. <laughs> the new manager might not like Onana. Yeah. You know, and, and that is another three-year process to get rid of those guys. That's going to take three. You couldn't get yeah. rid of Maguire and McTominay this summer. It's going to take at least... But then, but then can you just keep Ten Hag in the job if he's just going to keep losing, keep making poor decisions? Yeah, I... I <laughs> It's tough to double down on them. Huh? Like, to... <laughs> like, 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 okay, Man City are a very good team. Yeah, best team in the world, probably. And we won't even talk about the fact that we beat them because we are levels above Man United. Mm. But That's Wolves beat them. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's not like... 
and again, we keep coming back to it, man. There's a way to lose the dog. There is a way to lose the dog. And that's the biggest takeaway from the game. Yeah, but this guy, this guy is going to get his time now, yeah? Because you, man, wanted to chat about our captain, yeah? Look in your own house, yeah? Look in your own stadium and look at what your man's doing in a, in a derby game at Old Trafford. Bruno Fernandes, yeah, is... Roy Keane said he should be stripped to the captaincy. Yeah, he said that's one of the first things he would do. And I... He's poor. He's poor. His attitude, man. Like, we always know he's petulant. He's yeah, a boner. Yeah. Like, he does all of this stuff. But you're 3-0 down. Like, what What? What are you doing? And you know, I actually wanted to show you this clip, yeah, of two Man United fans after the game doing a player ratings, yeah, and, and what they said about Bruno Fernandes. No. And and yeah, well, <laughs> shout out United View. If yeah. You want to go watch the full video? Flexing that'll be on KG their channel. Group. Yeah, but those are two Man United fans talking about their captain and the way he was kicking people. That's what I would do if I was on the pitch at Old Trafford. That's yeah. what you would do. Yeah. Like, what, bro? You're meant to be the captain, the creator. Go and get on the ball and go and do make something. something happen. What are you doing? Just kicking people, sticking shot, hit a shot, then hits the keeper's arms. Yeah, goes out for a corner. Fans go, come on, let's get up the pitch. You know, I I could no, I could like Bruno. Has he's been like this? He's had questions over him for a while now, yeah. Uh, and he's always managed to escape kind of because of the GAs, the goals and assists. They come, they've been happening. But this season, man, this season, oh, Bruno, it, it's it's the fact that they've given him the captain's armband. Yeah, he could stink this much and not be the captain, and he would just be in the same bracket as Rashford, as like a guy that United need to get firing. A couple of question marks about like where his head is at, but. Whatever, he's still a good player in there. Yeah. Still somebody you should probably um put as like a cornerstone of this this team. But the fact that they've given him the captain's armband, which obviously for a club like United comes with a different level of like responsibility and all of all of that that comes with it, it feels like he's just he's not shrinking under the pressure, but like his football at least, yeah, is just getting worse and worse yeah. and worse and yeah. worse. For like sure. for each game. His football, like what he actually does with the ball at his feet, what he does with the when the ball's not at his feet in the game, he's so he's so poor. The manager hasn't helped him playing him on the right wing, yeah. but he's so 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 poor. And that whole, I'm just gonna shout the ref, free kick, free yeah. kick, free kick, go down, free kick thing. Um, it kind of sums up everything about United. Right Man, to, to, to have Man United's greatest ever captain say that. come out and say you should be stripped. And Bruno Fernandes is going to see that. We know, we know players see that stuff. Who's, who are they going to put as captain? This see, now, this is the one thing where I, I kind of see the point because you can't give it to Rashford. You can't give it to yeah, Maguire. You can't, obviously, you can't give it back to Maguire. Eriksen's in and out of the team. You can't give it to McTominay. They tried to sell him. Can't give it to Hoyland. He just joined the team. Can't give it to Anthony. Can't, can't give it to Wan-Bissaka. Can't 
Can't give it to Luke. Maybe give it to Luke Shaw, but he's injury prone. Yeah, has can't, to be can't give it to Varane or Lissandro. They come out of the team. Anana's got enough pressure on him as it is. Yeah. <laughs> who so who Amrabat's just come in, right? Might not be in the team week in, week out. So who does Ten Hag give it to? And again, that's that is also partly on Ten Hag for not recruiting those players. Yeah. That he thinks he can give it the armband. What, what do you think the biggest two things are that have let Ten Hag down? Uh, like it, in in the past, I guess year or so. Because I, I, you know, sometimes it's tough to to choose between some of his tactical decisions. Mm. His recruitment has to be in the 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 signings that is made. But like, I, I think recru- simply put, and I can't remember who said this, but but so, someone said this before. I mean, it might have even been Graham Souness, yeah. But simply put. If you get your football recruitment right, you're you're in a you'll be in a very good position. Look at yeah. Brighton, yeah. right? You'll be in a very good position to take your club to where they need to be, yeah. right? The first thing that Mikel Arteta in his first full transfer window after COVID, he signed Martin Odegaard, Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, Takira oh, Tomiyasu, yeah, yeah. and Sambi Lukonga, Nuno Tavares. Yeah, yeah, four of those guys. Obviously, say what you want about Ramsdale, but four of those guys are still key, key parts of the team, right? Mm. Martin Odegaard's become the captain. Ben White plays every week. We've spoken about how crucial Tommy Asu is, yeah. right? After that, he then went and added Zinchenko, Jesus, Fabio Vieira. Yeah. Three integral parts. He then added Leandro Trossard, Kiwior. He then added Declan Rice, Yurin Timber, Kai Havertz. The, the recruitment is massive. So I think that's, that's probably number one. I agree. But the second part, for me, has to be not only stripping Maguire of the captaincy, but you've given it to Bruno. <laughs> so you think... Man, you United, think... Man United fans look at it and they're like, this guy is not a captain. Yeah. Of Man- he doesn't behave so, the way a Man United captain should So behave. what you would say, recruitment one and then player like management, that would include the Sancho thing. That would include the, the Maguire-Bruno thing. <laughs> that would include ch- listing McTominay. Now McTominay's a hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David De Gea, we're going to resign you. We're going to resign yeah, you. We're going to resign yeah. you. Nope. Here's Andre Onana. Obviously, the lack of identity. I was going to say, those would be right, my two. But, but I feel like that comes under recruitment. Like, you get the oh, recruitment okay. right, and, you have a good and your identity then comes, I, right? I think... I, the, I, the way Arteta wanted to play, yeah. sans Ramsdale. Yeah, big, exactly. Big, huge difference yeah. now. Then, ben White carrying the ball out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 would, I would say recruitment, but I would put identity as something separate because... You know, Arteta was playing this stuff with Socrates yeah, see, yeah, and yeah, Mustafi, yeah. and he didn't have the players. He had to play yet. five at the back, but yeah. he was still showing. He, he, yeah, you could see at the fundamentals of what it was going to be like with a keeper who couldn't do it and a central defender who couldn't really do it. Um, but it was like, hey, look, this is how it's going to be from the future. I want my academy players doing all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think, and I think identity makes recruitment easier. Like Ten Hag saying that he needs a couple of these guys to go. Um, bringing in already signing eight players like some of the loans as well so bits on loan, yeah, loan. Yeah. like um, all of this stuff you thought still 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 we're asking what is going on and I don't think he can sign players without knowing what is going on Mason Mount yesterday we can't get onto him because he only did 45 yeah, minutes yeah, but like yeah. he yeah, I agree with Cam's I agree with a lot of guys who say like what is the plan for Mount I thought Mount was yeah. going to play in the wing seems like he's going to play in, in the yeah, centre with Bruno that. on the wing <laughs> <laughs> which can't yeah. be which can't be the solution, yeah. As, a, as like, but I, I, for me, that's recruitment again. Like, you, you, Ten Hogs decided Mason Mount's my guy, right? And he's gone all out and he signed him. 
and now he can't find a place for him in the team. He one chased of, Amra about all summer. One of my favorite narratives about United is um how this Kobe Maino guy's meant to be yeah, a, yeah, a baller. Yeah. Yeah, get, get Maino in next to Casemiro. <laughs> yeah. But but I genuinely feel I, and and I can't get past it, man. Obviously, the whole team were poor, but yeah, as a captain, yeah, it's just when when you're doing the stuff that Bruno's doing and you're being petulant, it looks worse yeah. for a Man United captain than any other yeah. captain. And and you look at what Man City are doing, yeah. and it's just. You want to talk about big games, man. Man United fans want to talk about big games. Where Certain captains turning up. What's going on, man? Yeah, where is he? And there's there's ways to turn up in big games even without goals and assists. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Add something. Add a little bit of quality on the ball. Make, as I say, make that challenge, make that tackle, the, play the, that the, pass. The very least, and Odegaard's had a couple of poor games, but the very least you can say about Odegaard every week is he worked his socks off. Yeah. He, he stepped out onto that pitch. Sets the press. He, he wasn't great in the North London derby. He wasn't great against Chelsea, but he he worked hard as anyone on yeah. that. Pitch. I would. I, he set the tone for the press. This might be a crazy statement, but I would rather my player hide than um than just give away fouls and shout at the. I I hate. I remember when Lacazette used to do that, and that was my biggest pet peeve for Lacazette at the time, where it was like just when you think you're about to do something or get somewhere, no, Lacazette's fouled the he's fouled the defender. <laughs> And the ref has to blow the whistle. Plays broken up. He's complaining yeah. at the ref. Yeah, you know, and you know, obviously, I don't think it's one or the other though. It's not, hide, no, hiding, no, no, no. When you see a player hide, it, it aggravates me. Uh, uh, hiding is terrible, but hiding is like I don't know. Yeah, my confidence is gone. Bruno, I don't know. What is the justification for that? Like, you're just gonna break up the game for what? You need some momentum. You need a goal. At least, yeah, United can lose the game three one. You have a, a goal to celebrate. That's a narrative on your own. Hey, good goal for Hoyland. Yeah, yeah. You can maybe build from this. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, there is zero positive takeaways from the United game for United. And there was barely any to go into the game with in the sense that like no one came out. No one came into the game thinking United need to win this. It's a mm-hmm. must win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And United could have easily have lost this game 2-1. Everybody would have just been like, yeah, you know what? That happens. But to come out and and like, it feels like, it's a reckoning. It's a reckoning. Yeah. Everybody's questioning, like, how good's the manager? How good's these players? Do you see the, the, the chant going around on Twitter that the Man City fans are singing? <laughs> yeah. Old Trafford's falling down, Ten Hag's a clown. <laughs> and, and, and Man United fans are silent in that stadium. Everyone can hear it. Everyone knows what's going on. But... Where but, do you think? Do you think they challenged? Do you think they can't? You, obviously, they started this badly last year and then found some form and got back up there. I personally think the writing's on the wall for Eric Ten Hag. Yeah? This, yeah. This... And, and, and I'm not even saying that as like his capacity as a manager or what he's it's capable just the, the as a situation. manager. I know these players, bro. Yeah. Like when I say the right on the wall. To come exactly. on. <laughs> yeah. And Martial, I didn't see Martial burst into a sprint once. <laughs> right. And he came on as a sub with like 15 minutes to go. I didn't see him sprint once. But it, I, I know these players, man. And I know that no matter, Jose, Jose couldn't get a tune out of them, right? My, Louis Van Gaal, Oli, whoever it is. I know, I feel like Man United are going to go to Fulham next week. And, and just bottle it. Fulham, Fulham are gonna outfight them. They're gonna outwork them. Calvin Bassey. And yeah, unless <laughs> there, unless there's moments of quality from Man United, Fulham are gonna win that game. And then the pressure is really gonna start to mount. These guys, I think yeah, Fulham winning that game is unthinkable. Whether whether Eric Ten Hag's good enough or not, really, to, like doesn't matter. Yeah, unfortunately, he's he's suffering from the fact that he's just trusted the wrong guys, mm. and those guys are not Bruno and Rashford have proven that they are not going to pull you out of the mud. Yeah. They are not going to be those guys. So I think the writing's on the wall and I I, I sympathise with Eric Ten Hag in some ways. Obviously, he's trusted these guys, but they're not going to bail him out. Do you know what's funny? 
the last thing I'll say on United is I really think that Ten Hag and Ralph Ranić could have been a good sporting director, manager, manager. Yeah, you know, it could have worked. I think that I think that whole Ranić situation, the irony of the way it looks now, yeah, Ranić wanted to sign Alvarez. <laughs> Ranić wanted to sign all these guys. I think Ranić should have moved upstairs. When you, Man United are screaming for a sporting director, they they should have never pushed him into the management role. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever, but. They should have never pushed him into the management role, and they should have never given him as tough a time because he should have still moved upstairs. Yeah, well, you know, because obviously that was initially what he came in to do. But, 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 you know what? At the time, yeah, you know, Ragnick came out and said this this team needs open heart surgery. Yeah, it's all of that stuff. It looks like United fans hated him for that. <laughs> I, I was talking to United fans; they cussed him out for that. Yeah, they were like, "No, but, right, Ragnick's toxic. Get him out." Ragnick's toxic because they always thought. They were they were maybe two free players, one top manager. But they away always from think that they exactly. were. <laughs> and now, like I said, Man United fans thought they'd be in a title race this season. Now they're gonna have to just kind of accept, like, well, I'm seeing United stand, like big United fan channels coming out with interviews this morning and content this morning saying, "Look at what Arteta did. Yeah, yeah. Arteta finished finished eighth and then had to and then was backed and look where they are now." Like, but I thought you were big man United and you didn't need to go through that. I mean, giving Ten Hag more money is surely a scary thought. <laughs> it surely is a scary thought. But but look, that's enough on Man United. Yeah. We do need to talk about Man City. Man City's perspective, it was a great, it's like as as good an away day as you can have. Exactly. In a in so-called derby, dominated the game like that. Cavadio um, was good. Cavadio was good. It was good. I, thought, I said last week that I thought it'd be Ake. Yeah, you did. Um, I was going to mention. But Cavadio came in, was solid. Um, not that Bruno really caused him any problems. Um, That's not his matchup. But yeah, man, I think Rodri's back. Rodri's back. You can just see like... Stones in midfield. Yep. It's, it's a long day for a lot of teams. Um, and I think this guy was getting a bit um, a bit overgassed by this guy and everything. But he does deserve his praise because he did play very well. Bernardo Silva. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think the media need that City guy to be like, is he the best thing we've seen since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like know. Gary Neville calling him the purest footballer. Yeah, and, and we spoke about Bernardo um, when they came to the Emirates. Yeah. And Pep played him He's as a top, man. six. He's and, top. Um, there was definitely, because in the first 10 minutes, United had a couple counter-attacks. But mm. the, the, thing, the thing that Bernardo does, yeah, which I can see it must just like aggravate players so much, is he'll get the ball and there'll be an easy pass, but he'll dribble it into a coldy sack into like, yeah. A place where there's nowhere to go. There's three players no, on him. Yeah. And then, but all he's doing is making two players run from their man to press him. <laughs> and then, and you, he just doesn't lose the ball. Yeah. And then plays he the just pass plays out. another pass. And then those players win. then have to go back. Every time it goes to Bernardo, he's just making them do these shuttle runs and just stressing them out. No, his IQ is top and he just does not lose it, man. Exactly. I think that's his big, like he just does not lose it under any, under any pressure, under any circumstance. There's always somehow yeah. a free man, even when there shouldn't be a free man. Um, Harland, man, again, he's here. Yep. Couple, yep. A lot of question marks over him. Look, guys, removed him from FPL. Yeah, I saw that. Foolish. <laughs> it is foolish. It is, that's the only way to describe it. I thought it. Doku had a good cameo when Doku came on. I thought, as I said, I thought although, although I say that, um, I do apologize because my dad transferred him out. Um, so oh. that, I don't want to call you foolish, <laughs> but I, I think that's definitely out of hope. Yeah, more, yeah, than, more than, than anything, anything else, yeah. No, I, th- I thought Doku had a good cameo. I thought Grealish had a good game. Foden, I knew, was going to score. Mm. Foden's actually, mm. to be fair, when it comes to these big games, you can yeah. bank on it. Alvarez kept it tidy. Alvarez kept it tidy. Um, Walker. Yeah, Pep, Pep obviously got it right. Yeah. 
like obviously got it right. But at the same time, with the team that Man United put out, it was exactly he, he it was easy. He couldn't it get it easy. Wrong. But what what I admire about someone like Bernardo is that not only like you can do it in in games at home against small teams and whatever, but in big games, yeah, big he stands stadiums, up to be counted for. like away from home. Not only that, but the game is played at the pace Bernardo wants to play it at. Yeah. Like he'll get on the ball. And if he gets on the ball, he might decide, I'm going to take seven or eight touches here mm. and just slow things down, mm. right? And then everyone else on the pitch just reacts because you can't take the ball off him. Mm. They're all just reacting to what Bernardo does. Or he might get it and he might be like, <coughs> yeah, cool, one-two with Grealish, underlapping run, yeah. cross to the back stick, Harlan, two-nil, done, game, game over. Like, he's he's for, for him to have that much quality and the stature that he is, yeah. do it in the Premier League, like no, know, he, he is a top top player. He's a top top player. He still even last season um in the Champions yeah. League when he still had to be counted for yep. even the season before that when Madrid knocked him out he still had to be counted for. Um, I think the superlatives for these kind of guys, man. Pep knows how to take that kind of guy to the next level. I remember watching. Uh, I was watching all of it could be Mbappe's or somebody's somebody's Champions League goals, and I was seeing Bernardo Silva from Monaco. And I was like, man, this, like there was a tricky winger, but yeah. you still never would have expected him to go on to be who he is. Yeah, I, I never thought that that could compute exactly. to a Premier League. Exactly. Six. Long six. Midfielder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the level that Pep yeah. can get you to if you want yeah. to play. But it, it shows the stark, obviously, Man City, oh, better run, better whatever. But like, it shows the stark difference of when you have an identity, what you can do with players. And we spoke about systems versus um, yeah, individuals, individuals last, week, last yeah. week. And it United, it feels like our banking on individual brilliance yeah. and individual quality, which I think Premier League managers now have shown systems cannot beat that. Yeah. And, and, and when Man United were relying on individual quality, that was only going to Solskjaer. Mm. So what's really changed? What's really changed? I, I, I think last season they relied a lot on Rash Sanity and Bruno and that Pence. individual quality. And I think, yeah, it's obviously just not coming. No, Fulham, if they lose to Fulham, it's, it's, un, it's unimaginable what a loss to Fulham would do. Unimaginable. Or like two losses going into another international break and just like another two weeks yeah. of negativity. But I really like, as I'll say it again, if you get rid of Ten Hag, who and what are they going to do with Anthony? Who and what are they going to do with, uh, you know, Amrabat and Casemiro? Yeah. All yeah. of these, like Casemiro has four years left in his deal with 300, you know, 300k. The new guy might come in and be like, I need a mobile six. I saw, um, I saw on Filthy, Tigo was saying, yeah, he was like, Real Madrid saw what was happening with Casemiro <laughs> and Varane and they thought, which sucker is going to take these two? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, which sucker can we just milk? Yeah, 100 mil. <laughs> and they saw Man United come along and they thought, yeah, you lot. Yeah. yeah, 100 mil. We'll take 70 for Casemiro. He's <laughs> on his last legs. We've already got two or many through the door. We'll take 30 for Varane. We've got Militao, Alaba, yeah. all these guys coming through. Like, And Man United just got suckered. And yeah, like I said, Casemiro gave you a great season, scored in the final, yeah. won your trophy. But I'm telling you, man, Casemiro is looking at it now and he's like, I got three years, 300 bags a week. Yeah, football, football but, secondary. But, but, and you know, maybe we're judging Amrabat too harshly, but Amrabat surely isn't the like. I, I agree so much with, I don't, I don't know who said it on, I think it was on Sky about like you signing Casemiro and signing these guys, and then 12 months later, 
making replacement signings. I think it was yeah, Jamie Carragher yeah, yeah, making yeah. replacement signings. Like, yeah. Amrabat can't be the replacement for Casemiro, surely, mm. surely. Because even then, that's another poor business decision. Not yeah. only trying to get a replacement for him, but he just doesn't seem to be as good. Yeah, yeah. Or a Mount, Mount's not even playing. I mean, they, yeah, they've had the man, Mount didn't start this game. or hasn't started the last three games. So damning. Yeah. So damning. But, um, but yeah, that was, um, that was all the games from this weekend. Um, and God, if Man United lose next weekend, make sure you tune make in sure for that episode. Here, yeah, 100%. I'll be, I'll be right here. I'll be right yeah. there with you. He's done. Yeah. And obviously we go to St. James's Park. So um, massive, massive game. Tottenham play Chelsea on the Monday night. So mm. a lot of big fixtures this mm. weekend. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, and for everyone who's been supporting, yeah, 10 episodes in, a uh, massive shout out to you guys. Um, we appreciate we, yeah, we appreciate it a lot um, for supporting on the socials, watching the videos. Thank you. Thank you a lot for all of that. And um, yeah, 10 episodes in, hopefully we keep it going. For sure. We'll see you next week. But yeah, thank you for watching and peace.